Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up in My Sneakers. Today, we have David Collar, who is an owner and designer, uh, oh, sorry, who is the owner and designer of Collar Clothing. Uh, and he's actually best known for his denim, who has been, I guys, I can't speak today. Uh-huh. He's best known for his denim, um, which has been seen on Steph Curry and Sean Mendez. Welcome, David. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, hi. Thanks for uh, having me today. <laughs> no for problem. Sure. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be able to get through this because I have problems with my words today. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. It's all good. Uh, but no, we'll be good. <laughs> um, okay, so I just want to jump right in. Where okay. were you born? Okay, I was born in Slovakia. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and uh, what um, I th- you mentioned to me a little bit before your podcast, but uh, like, are your parents both from there? Oh, yeah. So my mom uh, was born in Vietnam. Okay. And then she moved to, I think there was a war going on when she told me. And then she moved to Slovakia, uh, met my dad, uh, learned the language. And then my sister was born, then I was born. And then uh, they uh, moved to Canada. And that's, I moved here when I was like six, to Canada. Okay. Yeah. Did you speak any English when you came here? No. Do, so you're... I spoke uh, Vietnamese, actually. Oh. And a little bit Slovakian. And then, and then I learned English when I got here. Can you still speak all three? I can speak Vietnamese pretty fluent. Slovakian a little bit. And English, I think I can, for now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Unless I, I learned something new and I forget. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, I've lo- I'm, I was so interested because I know obviously your last name is Caller. That's yeah. your uh, label's named after. So I'm, And I was thinking, like, what background is that? Because it's like the mm-hmm. K is definitely Eastern European for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, it's interesting. So it's Slovakian, I'm assuming. Yeah, Slovakian, yeah. I actually used to hate my last name. I, didn't, I thought it, I had a, another line before this when I started up. And... Uh, I was I didn't really like the name and then after someone's like oh yeah like start you should name your brand caller I'm like oh, I don't know if I like it but now I like it yeah so now and, and it works <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah but it's cool yeah okay cool so you were six years old when you came here and where did you mm-hmm. guys move we moved so the first place we moved um, so we moved to we moved to Toronto so I moved around a lot so I lived in Toronto Hamilton Markham and then Toronto again okay but I, I switched schools like four or five times so I was like very used to like moving a lot um, but when I first moved here, it was like Gerard Street, like Chinatown area. Okay. And, and then after that, I lived in Hamilton, which is like a government housing area. And then after that, I moved back to Toronto. Uh, and it was like near Chinatown area again. But anyways, a lot of moving. And was this for like your parents working or was it so, just kind of getting settled? So my mom and dad divorced when I was like, I think eight. Okay. And when they divorced, my mom was like kind of taking care of us. So it was me, my sister, my brother. So she would have to, um, like, you know, she'd have to, like, hustle, like, make money, and so we'd move a lot. Mm, So that was the reason, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Did your mom speak English coming here? No, she didn't. Well, she can speak it now. She can speak it now. That's good. That's so tough. I couldn't even imagine as an adult, at least a kid, like, you're going to school and your peers are speaking English and stuff. But that'd be hard, like, to, you know, pick up and... Yeah. come here no English like yeah. I always like greatly respect those types of stories because I'm like yeah, yeah. I can't picture myself going to Vietnam and like yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean and learn the language and I'm like yeah, oh my god sure. like, and That's especially crazy. it's like not even Latin based or anything like at least like yeah. French, Spanish whatever Italian is like sort of like you can wing it a little bit the for words sure. are sort of similar but like yeah. an Asian language is completely different I know for sure yeah I, I agree okay cool so uh, just out of curiosity what school mm-hmm. did you go to in Markham? what's in Unionville what school? Because I lived there briefly as well. Oh, Unionville High School. Oh, you went to Unionville? Okay, yeah, so you were high school. No, no. So, okay, so I went to three different high schools. Okay. So grade 9 to grade 11, 
we moved to that's when I moved to Markham. Okay. Uh, so from middle school was from grade six to grade eight was in Toronto. It's called Queen Alexandra. Okay. Uh, and then we moved to Markham, uh, grade nine to grade ten, so only like two years. And then we moved back to Toronto. So in Markham was Unionville High School. Okay. They moved back to Toronto, went to Central Commerce, uh, got kicked out of that school, <laughs> and then went to Eastern Commerce, and then um, finished stayed an extra year because I was like a slacker. And I finished that, and that's, yeah, that's what happened. Nice. Yeah, so I went to three different high schools, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, like, a t- uh, tough, too, like, making new friends. Yeah, for sure, and, yeah. yeah. But probably helped you become really adaptable. Yeah, I yeah, I can, like, adapt to, like, different people and vibes. So, nice. Yeah. Um, UHS, were you in the arts program at all, or just regular? So it was funny, like, growing up, um, I actually wanted to be an actor. I, did, I, was, uh, I was acting for a bit, and I went to UHS for that reason. But oh, I didn't okay. take the acting school. I had an agent and everything, and I was doing, uh, I had, like, little gigs, like, I did a Pepsi commercial, Chevrolet, oh, nice. and, like, just random gigs. But um, I was going to sports, so I moved back to Toronto. So I wanted to be, I wanted to be a lot of things growing up, but the main thing was, Me like, too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the main thing was, like, acting and football. So I played a lot of football. And, um, and so, basically, uh, when I was in Toronto, after I moved back from Markham to Toronto, I was playing football, so I stopped acting, but I did go to school in Markham for acting, but I stopped, so, yeah. Okay, so sports, fashion, and acting, and... Yeah, so, so I, was, I was pretty competitive. I think that's why I like doing business, because, like, there's a lot of competition, competition. with yourself and other brands, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, and when did you first sort... So, was, like, acting the first thing that you sort of started, uh, saw interest in? When did you sort of first, like, um, yeah, yeah. have, like... I want to do this. Do yeah. yeah. Like, were you really young? Um, yeah. I think I was like, so when I moved to, like, even moved to Canada, uh, we would have a lot of garage sales to make money. Uh, at the time, my mom was really broke, so, so she, like, sold her wedding ring to, like, feed us. So she told me, like, she's like, if you want some, you got to work hard for it. So I'm like, mm. okay. And so when I was, like, I think I was, like, grade five, that's when I first wanted to, like, do something. So... I watched a lot of like, action movies, so I was really into karate. I wanted to do karate first. And then after that, uh, when I was in school, I wanted to make money. And I couldn't work yet, so I, I would like burn uh, movies, like DVDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, sell that to kids in school when I was grade 5. And Amazing! Then, uh, and then grade 7... Uh, <laughs> in grade 7, I, I'm not sure if I can say it, but like, I did some... Um, back then, there was like TDC tickets. And there was kids, like, selling fake TDC tickets. What's TDC? Toronto Transit. Oh, TTC. Oh, TTC. Yeah, yeah, TTC. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, um, okay, yeah. No, no I just resell it. Um, <laughs> just whatever I could do to make whatever, money. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. But Whatever you could hustle with. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, Plus, they don't, they don't know. They don't look. Yeah, this like, is back then. When they, had, when they had the paper tickets. Yes, I remember those. They have those. cards now. <laughs> yeah. Even, well, they still have paper transfers, so it was, oh, like, do, similar. Yeah, transfers they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. But, um, so I did that. And then when I was, like, 14, 15... Uh, I remember, like, I was watch. I was like a big fan of movies. I love watching like movies based on true stories to Same. like inspire me. Like, yeah. What was one of your favorites? Blow. Blow. Okay, amazing. That? Yeah, yeah, a thousand. I love that one. And I think and it then, just got added to Netflix recently. Yeah, I'm did. like, yeah, I yeah, need yeah, to watch yeah. this again because it's been and, a while. And um, Pursuit of Happiness. I love that, that movie good. as well. That and that would really touch on yeah. like your parents and everything. For sure. Yeah. And then uh, one more, one more. Those guys just watched recently. Bleed for this. I don't know if I've seen that. Who's it's in that? True story. It's so good. Uh, it's a boxing movie. Um, I forgot the actor, but it's based on this guy named Vinny. 
And he fought like Mayweather's father. Miles Tell- I think so. Teller is he? Could be. Yeah, I think I have just seen Vinny pa- Pascal. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just watched that too. It's good, right? I love that yeah, movie yeah. as well. Yeah, no, it's really good. But um, what was uh, what were we talking about again? Um, before, uh, uh, you loved watching movies. Oh, yeah, movies uh, from, based on true yeah, stories. Yeah, so I hopped on Google. I think it was Yahoo at the time or Google. I forget, but and I'm like, how to become an actor? And then I just like did research. I think that's the step. That's the day I knew like. Uh, no one would really hand stuff to me, so I would have to go kind of get it. Mm-hmm. So that's where that first day when I was like 14, 15, I started Googling. And my, and I didn't I didn't know it till now, but like that skill alone made me like become an entrepreneur. But like basically just finding like, um, finding out what you want to try, not knowing that it's going to do well or not, right? And then searching it. Everything Now we're lucky because everything's on Google. Back mm-hmm. in the day when the internet exists, it was very hard. Yeah. So, uh, I would go on, go online, find um, different companies, and like do a bit of research. At the time, I was like, "Hey, like, can I, I asked my mom, like, can you help me potentially like sign up for this thing? Because I'm too young." And I and at the time, she said, "Okay, if you do chores and stuff, this and that, I'll give you some allowance, and then you can sign up for this acting thing." So I went to an acting class t- called uh, Toronto Academy of Acting. Nice. And after about six months, I got an agency an agent um, called Susan J talent and then for the for the next couple years from like 14 to 17 i was doing like different auditions like for acting so i got a couple gigs here and there but the truth is i'm a shit actor (laughs) (laughs) so that didn't work out but uh you know i I didn't want to like admit that because i loved it so much because like i remember like going in to the audition i'd be so nervous and then when i come out of it i'm like super happy and relaxed and it was almost like the rush i chased more than the actual acting mm-hmm. so, and, and i was cool because i got to be like different characters and experience different things so i think that's why I, the reason I like acting um but basically after that um sorry but did someone tell you that you were not good or you just felt in your heart like why were you not oh yeah good? it was so um i enjoyed it but like I've had people tell me that I'm not good, and I didn't give up because they told me because right. that's the worst reason to give up. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you practice whatever you want to do t- with tons of hours, you just get better at it. Yeah. That's just the formula, like right. But, um, but I think what it was was that at at that young age, like 14, 15, and 16, I was like so I was trying different things on mm-hmm. top of that, and I feel like a lot of people try too many things as well where you can't really focus on one thing. But I think when you're young, you definitely should try different things to see what you like. And that's what I was doing. So like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, I was doing acting. I was going to school. Uh, I was selling uh, clothing from uh, China that I found and, and resell it to people in school. And that's huge at that time too. Because like what Yeah, years... it was like drop shipping, but like... But like before, before drop shipping was a thing. Before AliExpress existed, yeah. Literally. And I just thought about that back in the day. And it was called Exclusive Locker, so I made it up. And then also there was like... Back then they had... I was really... I'll tell you how I actually got into clothing after. Like why yeah. I liked it. Because I actually didn't like clothing before. Interesting. It, it came so after something So you're selling it just happened. to make... Okay, yeah. So you're selling yeah. it just to make money. To make money, yeah. Okay. And, and sorry, what like year is this so we can just have a... Ah, uh, fuck. Like it's been two, a while. Like um, 2000s? This, 2000, like... Yeah, 2000s. Okay, yeah. like early, right? Yeah, early, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. And so basically... So this is pre-everything. Yeah, yeah. And and basically, I remember going to... I was in middle school and like... Before sorry, back before even high school, like middle school, I would, I would wear like a hoodie with like... A zip-up hoodie with no t-shirt. 
be the weirdest thing because most people wear like a t-shirt mm-hmm. and a hoodie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or with, like socks and sandals and like just the weirdest clothing because I didn't really care about it. Um, but grade nine is when like I started to like really care. But but basically back to what I was saying, like the acting. Uh, then I played sports. So middle school to high school played, um, except for Unionville, I didn't play football there. But uh, I played with the Etobicoke Eagles for oh, football. Nice. What position? Um, uh, wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, so I did different things. Uh, in track, in high school, like uh, uh, I won OFSA. Oh, nice. I started middle school. And then, off, and then high school, I stopped doing it. I was doing football. But anyways, I was trying different things. So there's football, acting. And then when I moved back to Toronto in grade, I think, 11, right? Um, that's when I kind of got involved with, like, stupid things. I can't really say. I'm not <laughs> sure what to say. But, like, I think there's let's just certain... say I sold drugs here and there. Yeah. Right? I okay. think a lot of people yeah. have done that. And I also think that there's a certain statute of limitations yeah, that yeah. has passed at this point. But, right. yeah. You can just mute that part yeah. away, <laughs> but um But, anyways, I was just doing everything to make money. And at the time, I actually worked 20 different jobs growing up. To this like, day, I can name it like oh, like in a row or in like, a row. Okay, would, some I was jobs like, at the same yeah. time. Okay, it's like some 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 jobs would like last like a week. Some jobs last like four months, five months. But, I'm there with you on yeah, that. I've tried everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I did it because I would see it in a movie and I'm like, oh, maybe I want to do that. Yeah, and that looks kind of cool. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. And that that was like me. I get inspired very quickly. Yeah, and passionate about it. So, like a couple things I've worked at, and it's okay to like try different things because that's the only way you're gonna know what you want to do. Because of me working for so many different people, I realize there's a lot of, like, dickhead bosses. Mm-hmm. But I kind of understand because they're stressed out all the time. But there's a level of, like, just being, under- like, understanding um, the different personalities that you work with versus just, like, yelling at them. This is the way the right I do way things, time, yeah. Right? And I remember my first job was when I was, like, 15 years old. It was at No Frills. It was in Markham, actually. Oh, which one? Yeah, it was in grade nine, actually. So I'm not sure how old I was at the time. But it was right by uh, Highway 7. It was called Mario's No Frills. Oh, I know the exact one. You That's so funny. About? I used to live right by there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know Mario, but Mario, <laughs> it's You're good. an asshole. Yeah, yeah, but it's good because <laughs> you're the one that made me want to be an entrepreneur. Because I'll tell you why. I went in, uh, my first job ever, and I walked in. I'm like, okay, so you know what I do, blah, blah. And I was a stock boy. So stocking stuff for the grocery stuff, store. And uh, basically what happened was, um, while I was doing that, uh, I have a tendency of putting my hands in my pocket because I was looking for like the barcode where to put the, I think it was like zero or something like that. And when I was looking at it, I was putting my hands in my pocket and I was looking for it. And then he's like, he came up to me, he's like, why is your hands in your pocket? Mm. I'm like, oh, I was just looking for it. I just have a habit of doing that. He's like, don't ever put your hands in your pocket again or you're, you're out of here. I'm like, okay. Whoa. So after a week, I quit. Kind of like fuck that. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I worked at a gas station after that, and he was kind of funny. This was also in Markham, and he would make me take binoculars and like stalk the other gas station for the price. Stop. Yeah, I'd run oh back. My God. I'd give him the price, and then it was weird because I kind of got scammed. I think because I worked. He was like training for a week. You don't get paid, and it was I was young, so I didn't like you didn't know, know any what better. was right. Right. So okay, cool. He's like, you can have as much snacks, as many snacks you want. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good deal. That sounds great at yes, that age. at that age. And then um, I remember I was eating Cheetos and like a bunch of snacks I wanted. <laughs> and then two weeks later, I come back to work. And the day before I come back to work, he's like, oh, my brother is um, uh, a secret agent in Syria or something. And he got poisoned and I have to, I have to close down today. Come back. What? Come back the next day. The whole gas station is closed. I never got paid. Stop. Yeah. So, oh, my so God. So that lasted like two weeks. Um, then I then I worked at 
Old Navy. I've worked at Club Monaco. I worked at Lacoste. I worked at Town Shoes. I worked at Spring Rolls. Worked at Staples as a computer technician. I worked at CIBC Fraud Department. Um, I worked at DLM Dance Studio. Uh, <laughs> doing what? Uh, that's reception? how. No, so I was doing reception. Yeah. Okay. And I was calling like they also had this other thing for modeling, and where uh, they were uh, they were calling like comp- like they're kind of they're calling like, call, calling like uh, girls and guys that want to be models, and then getting them into a program. I'm not mm. sure that program was the greatest, but that was the strategy. Yeah, that was strategy. And then what else did I do? I was like a I don't know if there was a position name for this, but it was like a bread boy. This Greek guy, I could barely like know what he was saying. He was speaking. He had like a strong Greek accent, and we would drive to different bread stores and like stock up bread. Oh, okay. So yeah. like a distributor. Distributor, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For like no frills, and he would like drop me off at like random locations when the days day was done. So I was like, shit, I have to like find a way home. I don't know where I am. Oh, so that was annoying. So so annoying. I had like the weirdest bosses and like the most weirdest experience. Like I remember. Um, at Spring Rose, I was, um, I only worked there for a week. I was a busboy. Honestly, this was, is like my exact story yeah? as well. Okay, I'm not great. joking. Okay. Like you're the fir- one of the first people to meet that. They're like, oh, I've worked at 35 places. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. me too. You're a hustler. That's what it is. You want, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because like when I was working at that one place, I was always looking for another place that might pay me more. So I was like, yes. upgrading, right? Um, so I was always jumping around and on my resume, I had like 30 different things. <laughs> and then my sister, she's older than me. She's like, Dave, you shouldn't put that many things. It yeah. looks like you leave all the time. They're going to be scared of hiring Which is you. exactly Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the time, I only put four of the best things. Right? Yeah. Um, but basically, during this whole process, when I was at, this was when I worked, sorry, I can't speak today too. <laughs> when I was working at Staples, um, I remember, uh, you know, I was, I had a concussion, um, while I was working at Staples, not at the store, but outside of it. Um, so I got a little, I think it was a little scrap I had, but I was drunk at a restaurant. I don't know what happened, it was a long story. But I got a concussion, and then every time I played football, I'd get like worse, worse concussions. Mm, so dangerous. my dream at the time, you know, even though I was doing clothing, was, re- sorry, was uh, I was doing like acting and doing football, was to be a football player. Like, I, I okay. love football. Like, that was my thing. I trained every day. Like, I'd work out. I was, at the time, I was, like, 215 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm, like, one, uh, 170 now. Yeah, so, I was, like, but, triple yeah, what literally. I Yeah, But you're pretty tall. How tall are you? Six foot. Okay. Yeah, so I was, like, really into it. I have pictures from, like, when I used to play football. I was, like, much bigger. But, anyways. Um, Would you have wanted to do the whole, like, American University route and, yeah, like, that's get what drafted? I wa- that's what I was trying to do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, I really wanted to be a football player. Like, I watched football, I played pro-line, I, anything to do football I yeah, loved, right? Yeah, you just loved it. And I played a bit of hockey here and there, but uh, football is definitely a sport I liked. Do you still watch football? Uh, yeah, I watch football here and there. What's your, yeah. What team do you Are you CFL? Um, I'm assuming NFL. NFL, for yeah. sure, yeah. I like Tennessee. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. a random team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everyone in Canada has one because yeah, we yeah. don't have our own. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but basically, when I got the concussion, this one I actually started liking clothing. So this is where it gets kind of interesting. But after working all these different jobs, I got a concussion, and I remember um, I woke up, and I lived at Chinatown at the time with my brother, and I kept waking up, and my, and my brother was like, I asked my brother, I'm like, hey, like, um, where's my watch and I think my wallet at the time? And he's like, it's on the table. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I go back to bed and wake up again, and within five minutes, I'm like, Mike, where's my wallet and my watch? He's like, it's right there. I'm like, okay. So I wake up again, I keep asking the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then he calls my sister. I was like, I think Dave's, uh, uh, like, super slow. He can't think of anything. Like, he, he keeps uh, asking me the same question. And so, basically, um, 
I couldn't remember the dates. I couldn't remember what year it was. I couldn't remember if I oh met you. Like if I met you this week, I I wouldn't know who you were. I totally oh my forgot. god! Yeah, and then everything. Like, How long did this go on for? So I lost my for four months. Holy shit! Yeah, that's it was a really long bad time. It's because I had a lot of tequila at the time, and oh. when I got in a fight, I should hit in a, with a chair. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was a, it was a rough fight, uh, but and it was just like a crazy fight. But basically, uh, it's crazy because I don't remember the fight. Right. My friend who was with me told me exactly what happened. Oh. I'm not going too much details of what happened, but it was just a fight which you know I don't promote because I think you know. Being healthy and like mm-hmm. doing the right things is good, but basically, um, at the time, you know, I was drinking a lot of tequila, got in a fight, and when I woke up and I kept getting confused what day it was, what year it was, uh, if I met you, I didn't know who you were, went, I didn't know my address, like every. Did only, you remember your siblings? Like, did you know that your brother? Yeah, was your brother? I, I remember some okay. things. So, so when you have a concussion, like you have your brain and your the water protecting your brain, and, and then you have your. Your, I guess your skull. Yeah. And so when your brain passes the the, the liquid and hits your skull, mm-hmm. you get concussion. So parts of my brain where uh, you remember how, like certain things, like your address, what year was, uh, it was damaged. So basically, I remember how to speak. I remember like words and like what a nose was, what hair was, like like basic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. My siblings, I remembered, but if it was someone new, I couldn't remember them. Like if okay. I met you, I wouldn't. So, so basically at this point, my, my brother calls the ambulance. I go to the, I go to the hospital and I, I was, I'm like, at this point I'm like really, uh, it felt like a dream. Like I'm like, holy shit, this is real life. Like I can't remember anything. Like mm-hmm. this is not, this is not a life to joke around with. Right. Like, cause before that yeah. I was reckless. Like I did everything. Like I was not scared of anything. Like I literally, I worked everywhere. I sold whatever I could, like I, whatever to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but different, like all these things started happening. That was one case. Of, it was like a wake up call. Yeah, wake up call. But that was one thing. There was other stuff, but I don't need to go into it. But basically, um, I had a concussion. And you can if you want to. That's fine. Oh, maybe. Here. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but but basically, like I guess what happened was uh, I was I was I was in the hospital, and I remember the doctors like, you might remember stuff, you might not. I'm like okay, so and then she was kind of yelling at me like you shouldn't be fighting like it's bad blah blah, and I was like okay well. It's not the right time to say that to yeah, me because right I can not, barely remember anything. Yeah, right exactly. Um, so I'm in the washroom and I'm just straight up. Like I don't really cry much, but like I remember I was in the washroom. I was looking in the mirror and I was like, I broke down because I was like, I can't remember nothing. And I like, I'm like. So you knew that you could not remember. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. It's like imagine waking up thinking it was a bad dream, but it wasn't. Because at the time, remember, I'm waking up to like, um, f- like four huge bruises on my head. Oh, shit. The top part of my lip where it connects to your teeth was cut. So it was like, and it took some time to heal. Oh, like the shit. top part here. Yeah. Um, and like, I couldn't eat anything. Anything I ate, my mouth was like all like cut up inside. So if I ate anything, it would hurt. Oh my God. Um, and so basically like, I, I basically wouldn't, I just had like the worst experience. And you know, like that was one thing. I'm, I'm very stubborn, so I learned the hard way, unfortunately. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so, so everything I do, I usually learn the hard way. I'm like, hey, how do I not, never do that again, right? Yeah. So basically, um, uh, when, I was in, so w- when I was there, I was like really like pissed off and like confused. I was pissed off at the guy that did it to me, but I was also confused that this is happening. And then I was also like all these different emotions all at once. And mm-hmm. It was a lot. And I was only like, I think, like 18 at the time. So... I was like really like uh, um, 
I like I, I kind of changed the way I thought a little bit, and this is where it gets interesting. So I I wasn't into clothing. I didn't really care about it. I was just into sports. That's all I cared about. And I remember going home uh, a day after, and the doctor's like, "You're gonna have to just you can't work out." I liked working out back then. You can't work out, um, and you know you're gonna have constant headaches. So I had headaches all the time. Oh fuck! And then when I went to uh, went to bed every every morning for about four months. Actually, for a year, because I'd be so paranoid. I had anxiety from it. But for a year, I'd wake up, and I'd be like, what day is it? What, what year is it? Where do I live? Like, I was, like, so confused, making sure, like, I could remember again. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember, like, anything for three months. And then, oh my God. so I would have, like, anxiety from it all the time, because I'm like, because I, I was hoping it was a dream. Because, mm-hmm. like, it was crazy, because even when I woke up the day before it happened, the day after it happened, I was, like, very, like, um, it's very, like, uh, I would look in the mirror. I'm like, holy shit! Like, what the hell happened to my face? Or like, my, so you'd forget that? I like, forgot what happened. I didn't oh know. Oh my god! Yeah. So it's like almost like fifty first dates that movie. Almost. Yes. I'm not even joking. It's literally like that. It's oh my crazy. god! But, but when that happened, um, you know, I was on my computer. The cool thing, the good thing about that is, I was in my room and I saw all this clothing that I didn't know I that existed that I actually owned. So I was like shopping. And I own all this stuff already. So oh that was my cool. god! That yeah, is because I can't remember so anything cool. I own. Yeah, I didn't yeah, remember like that the shoes, the pants, everything. So every day it's like, oh damn, I like this. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, Oh my god, that's actually yeah. so interesting. And then, um, and then what happened after was uh, I was on my computer, and I was looking at pictures of myself, not remembering when I took them and oh why I took god. them. And I was a totally complete different person back then, like who I am now. Uh, a lot of people see me as just a designer, but back then I was like, you know, I was like really like. S- like flashy and like super cocky and like way different Mm -hmm. um and and so when i saw that i was like okay like this is not really the person i want to be because i was able to judge that person oh like objectively almost because i don't remember who this person was that is so fucking it was like a reset it was like a reset like literally in all like not (laughs) even a metaphoric reset like an actual reset. reset and and like um when that happened um you know i i started and as a kid i, I was very I was very like i questioned a lot like growing coming to canada my mom was like a jehovah's witness and because oh, she had no friends and then right. they were very friendly They're like hey she, can yeah, we come inside yeah, no offense like, to any jehovah's witness but yeah. she ended up leaving it because she didn't feel it was right yeah and then but at that time you just cling to like yeah, who, yeah, whoever's yeah. like giving you yeah. you know warmth but food. but like she was into like different religions because she was like she was she didn't know a lot of people so she was very lost um, so I was always confused when I was in Jehovah's Witness. We're in middle school. I couldn't even stand up for Ocana, like the, the Okana song. So oh, it was awkward. I didn't know. I'd that. have to sit down, and I couldn't celebrate Halloween. Couldn't celebrate Christmas, my birthday. So oh my as gosh. a kid, like a lot of weird, I would have to like question stuff. Like, why is everyone staying but I'm not? And like, why is mom believing this and I don't? And I was like questioning everything. So it was crazy because uh, you know, like, uh, basic growing up. I'm like kind of going all over the place. No, but, this is fine. But um, but sense. basically, like uh, you know, when I was judging myself, I was questioning myself, like who I was, and all that. And then, out of nowhere, I guess because I lost my memory, uh, I still like football, but I didn't like it as much for some reason. Interesting. And then I, I remember this. I remember this was downtown, I, and this when I used to live on Carlton Street because I moved so much. I moved mm-hmm. all over the place, but. Um, I, I was walking and I was by the in center and I saw a guy and he was in the mall and he had nudies 
the Sheens, the black. Okay. You ever heard nudies? I think so. Older, From Australia. Right? They're very old, like okay. very old, but it's a raw denim. It had orange stitching on the back. Oh, yes. And it was yes, really yes. in at one point. Yeah. Like, everyone had them. I remember yeah, this. Yeah. So he was the first one wearing it before anyone knew what it was. But it was it was a denim that popped out so much because it had orange stitching and like raw denim. And you have to wear it. The more you wear it and wash it, it builds into a character. Like, yeah. It, it, it like turns into a certain denim. So I went up to him like, hey, what are those? He's like, they're nudies. I'm like, where do you get them? You can't buy them here. You have to buy them in, uh, online or in Europe. I'm like, cool. So I bought it online because I really wanted it. But it was like 500 bucks. So I'd like work at the time and like spend all my money on clothes. My credit was crap. Like, yeah, <laughs> back then, I'd swipe my Visa card, get more cards, oh, buy more clothes. Oh, my God. But, um, but basically, when I was doing that, um, I, so I, was, I, was, I just finished high school, I think. I can't remember what age you finish high school at, but I think it's like eighteen, yes. depending on when your birthday is. Yeah, seventeen yeah. or eighteen. So I finished high school. I went to um, right at, right after high school. Um, I started getting really uh, obsessed with clothing. Like, I would see someone like wearing something, like, "Oh shoot, that's so cool!" And so I was really into like LRG back then. Um, okay, wow, you're like, yeah, name dropping uh, these yeah, like, older LRG, Yeah, LRG. Uh, before that, like when I was in high school, it was like obviously academics and Yuchi, like mm-hmm, all that cool mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. fat farm yeah uh, rock aware but before that after that there's a whole transition where they've made things more fitted and that's when billionaire boys club ice cream LRG came out and they had like this really new vibe where it's like really loud clothes but it was fitted and mm-hmm. i was really into that i was like oh that's kind of different and there was that and then nudies and then like uh the hundreds uh was really blowing up and then you had like good foot in toronto that was like a store that was doing well livestock and so i was really in the scene i was like this is a really cool culture like i was really into it so as a kid i'd go into these stores and i'd look up to these older guys that like are killing in streetwear and i would watch videos of like the owner of lrg and like at the time when i was younger you know and i was like really broke for me it was like oh i want to make as much money as i can like i'm Mm -hmm. trying to make money and I saw the guy from LRG, he made a killing off clothing, and he was wearing big chains, and like he lived the lifestyle, he was going to crazy parties, so I'm like, oh, I wanna be like that guy, that guy's sick. And you know, things change as you grow older, but, but at the time, at that age, all I cared about was to make money, because I didn't have any at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't, by the, when I was like 18, I started living on my own, or sorry, 15, 16, sorry, 16, I was living on my own. Oh, right? really? With my brother, I was taking care of him. Okay. And your brother's younger than you. He's younger than me, yeah. Where'd your mom and your sister live? So my sister was dating her boyfriend, who's, who's her husband now. Okay. And she was always with him, so she lived with him. Okay. And my mom was with her, um, like, the boyfriend she's with now, like, a stepdad. Okay. Right? So I would, so I would, like, pretty much, so I had to, like, work hard. I had to, like, take care of my brother. Uh, so that's why I was doing so many side gigs, so, like, and then working, and, like, also, like, trying to make, come out of it. And because of, like, where I kind of grew up, um, I didn't have a lot of confidence, too. Like, I was very, like... I didn't smile much. Like, I'm a very happy person now, but, like, back then, like, I was very, like, didn't have any confidence. Like, very, like, uh, like just totally a different person. Mm-hmm. And Quick question. Do you, um, did you, when your parents split, do you have a relationship with your dad after that or no? No. So, um, he was, like, alcoholic. Okay. Uh, and he was, uh, he also, like, cheated on my mom, like, a bunch of stuff. So Okay. So, I you had have him. Okay. Him. Yeah. No, I was just curious because that, like, plays even more into, like, sure, the, yeah. you know. So, so basically, um... So when, when all this happened, uh, I started getting really interested in clothing, right? So when I was getting interested in clothing, I taught myself on YouTube how to do graphic design. So Photoshop, 
So Isn't I, YouTube just amazing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, my whole Christ. entire career is through YouTube. Wow. I, didn't know I, could, I, didn't, I didn't go to school Oh, my fashion. God. So I'll tell you that after. Okay, yeah, for sure. But um, so I learned how to do everything on YouTube on graph design. Called up, like, just like how I did the acting. I'll do research and then YouTube videos. Now there's way more content out there. Before mm-hmm. there wasn't YouTubers. There was just, like, a couple tutorials. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe Google. But... Um, back then, you know, I called all the graphic stores like, hey, how much to make this shirt? How much to make this shirt? And then I would work at, I think at the time I was working at CIBC fraud department. So how I got into that job was I literally had to like put a, um, like I, dr- I tried to dress a role and I pretty much talk crap. And I, I somehow <laughs> got to CIBC fraud department, but it was through a headhunter though. Because oh, okay, you can't, because okay. there's five levels, there's different levels. You start like as a teller and then you move up to like a... I worked at a bank, Scotia though, and yeah. si- similar exact like, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, restructure, the, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when, um, I, through a headhunter, it was called a manpower. Okay. And they're like, they get people that have some skills and they would get them to a higher level job. But they would take like, let's say the job is worth like 50K. But they would only give you like minimum wage, but you get to work there. But after a oh, year, okay. if you do well, then the company can... will hire you fully. Oh, okay. And I didn't know if I wanted to go to college at the time yet. Right. Right? So I was working at CIBC and I honestly sacrificed a lot. I feel like in, when I was like, because I didn't have any money and I was like, my mom didn't like provide it for me, so I had to do it for myself. So when I went to, when I worked at CIBC, um, my shift was. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and okay. then Monday, Tuesday, I had off. Okay. So when everyone at that age, you want to party. Of course. That's like the party age, right? Yeah. I did my partying at like twenties, okay. but like nineteen, twenty, I was working at CIBC. Yeah, and, that's like devastating. Yeah, and like I see my friends. Yeah, and I'll do like all nighters and like a party and I come back, but it's so hard, right? Oh my god. You feel like fully like out, I out of just it. thinking about it. I want to yeah. like die. <laughs> so, but but basically, when I was at CIBC. I was the youngest one there. Everyone's like in their 40s. And I was really fast at typing. I'm really good at computers. I don't know why. Maybe as a kid, I played a lot of video games. But helps. <laughs> yeah, and, and basically, at the time, to, there would be like fraud cards that would happen um, where people take people's information, make fake cards, go to different cities, take mm, the money out. Mm-hmm. So I would be really fast at blocking. A, a, an alarm would go on, and that means a live fraud is happening. So it's oh, kind of cool. Oh, that is it's kinda cool. cool. Yeah, so you block the cards. And I literally thought like this is gonna be my career like it's it's good pay, and I'm at a bank and like I didn't think much of myself back then because I was like oh like I didn't f- go to college or or university, um, I've worked like all these different jobs and I'm getting a bank job like this is like even my my entire family thought I was gonna be a bum like no one thought <laughs> I was gonna be anything that's the truth seriously because yeah. I was just a bad kid and like didn't care about anything reckless and after concussion I kind of like just like rethought everything. Mm-hmm. But but basically, I worked at CIBC, and I remember this guy named, um, I think his name was like Franco. I can't remember. It was a while back. But he, I was debating like if I want to go to college because I remember watching American Pie, <laughs> another movie. <laughs> and that, was, that had nothing to do with anything, but that was a good movie because of the parties and the college. Yeah. I was like, I want to experience that. Like, I've never experienced that. You are like literally, I, how old are you? I'm 30 now. You're, so are you 89? Yeah. Okay, so we are, so I'm born in 90. Sorry, I had oh, okay. to ask this, but I was in the grade of like 89. So oh, shit. we yeah, are yeah. The ex- pretty much the exact same age. Oh, you Because you're dropping all these like movies and all the, these, <laughs> and I'm like, this is literally exactly yeah, like yeah. my upbringing also. Oh, that's funny. So sorry, I just had to ask. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's fair. Okay. Um, so yeah. you're watching American Pie. Oh, I yeah, so I was watching American Pie. Those movies too. Yeah, I love the movies. And I was like, I was like obsessed with American Pie and I was like, this looks so fun. Like, 
I wasn't obsessed, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. But but basically, I thought it was so funny, you know, the characters in it. And everyone just looked like a good time. And at that age, you want to enjoy your youth, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what youth is, right? Just having fun. And and basically, this guy named... Oh, his name is Marco. I remember now, Marco. And he was like... I was like, I don't know if I want to go to college. So at this point, I did so well at CIBC. And it was it was shitty because I would wake up at like 6... I would wake up at 6 a.m., get to work at 8 a.m. every day in the winter, in the summer... Subwayed every day, and basically I got the job after, and they offered me. I think at the time it was forty thousand. For me, that was a lot of money. I've never seen that before. For sure, and especially yeah. like back then too. At that age too, right? Like, like maybe what twenty eleven like or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, Like that's yeah. So, so basically when I got that, um, it was hard. But they're like, your shifts, we're gonna pay for your school, but your shifts be all at night. So you start oh. your shift at nine p.m. and you finish at like seven a.m. and you can go to school. I'm like. That's gonna be tough. It's a lot, yeah. And I'm but like, free school is like it's pretty crazy. cool, yeah. Um, so I was thinking about it because there's OSAP, so I was like, okay, cool. And I want to be everything. So anyone out there like that doesn't know what they want, like that's totally normal. Just keep trying stuff because mm-hmm. I applied to be a kindergarten teacher. Stop yeah, now. <laughs> kindergarten teacher, firefighter. Really? Um, but did you do all the training for those things? No, no, I didn't. I applied. Oh, okay. I didn't go through with it though. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. graphic designer. But here's the thing, though. The thing that made me switch so much, and I'll tell you why. I kept switching because at first it was kindergarten teacher because I was like, oh, kids are cool. They're fun, <laughs> right? But like I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. I'm sure after three days, I'm like, fuck, these guys yeah, are Yeah, like, I can't deal with this. Um, and then firefighter because I saw this firefighting movie. I was like, oh, shit, that's going to be sick. I'll be firefighter. <laughs> and, um, and I realized like I had all these people tell me, like, oh, you shouldn't do that because there's no money in it. You shouldn't do this. because. No. But the truth is um, don't think about what has a lot of money, what doesn't. The truth, what, I've, what I have found is – Everyone's different, like whoever you are, whoever I am, everyone has a different level of like how hard they work and how hard and how they think and, and just like their mentality of doing things. And for me, it's instead of thinking about someone telling you, first of all, first off, whoever's telling you the advice, figure out what they have done first before they, they yeah. give you advice, right? That's number Huge. one. 50 Cent said that and I always listen to that. Oh, interesting. In an in a, in a, in a interview. But number two. So true though. Yeah. The main thing was like people would be like, oh, this has not, there's no money in this. But the truth is. If you're really good, whatever it is, it could be like you could be selling uh, cameras or opening a clothing store or even selling like, I don't know, hammers, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is if you are passionate and you're willing to like sacrifice, do is do whatever you want for it, there will be the money will come no matter what. It's, if I you think of more. any job, there is someone making millions of dollars doing that exact job, but someone else can be making very like nothing yeah. for that exact job. It's because... The person, their drive, the passion, and their why. Why they? Why, why? Why are you doing a certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but where am I? Where was I? What was I talking about? Um, you were saying, uh, did you uh, clothing? Oh, you're working at the bank, and oh yeah, that's and right. Marco, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So Marco was like, you should just go to college. Like, forget this. He's like, you get to experience your youth once, and I thank him if he's mm. listening, maybe, but. I thank him because if it wasn't for that, I would be stuck at a bank right now, not enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? So I left CIBC, even though they offered me money. So I took turned down the money at that time. And and you know what's so normal? Because when you're growing up, if you don't really come from money, the only thing on your mind is to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's so normal. And that was how I thought at the time. And so I was like chasing whatever had the most money. But, you know, just like anything if you grow a certain skill or, or a passion and you take time to really be patient and persistent with it, 
that will in the long term that's gonna make you way more money than switching mm-hmm. all the time right so basically i went to Seneca college for hr okay. um hated it i don't like, remember much from it <laughs> and now on your own dime obviously right because not or yeah OSAP yeah or whatever this okay. is through osap yeah, and okay. i think when i was i had like so this is where it gets kind of more interesting i have more stuff but but um this whole thing doesn't sound like real so it's so my life is so random no like, i'm crazy. like super intrigued yeah. i'm sure everyone listening <laughs> is as well um but basically uh when i was in college i stopped working at cibc and at the time i think minimum wage was like nine dollars or something like that or mm-hmm. 850 or something like that. sounds real right <laughs> and um i had a i had this so i was like just doing i was i was still after the concussion happened i was still very stubborn i was still trying to make money any way i could i went to school um during the day and then at night i would uh just like work on my clone line it was like a t-shirt print so yeah, at this point you have decided that you're going to make t-shirts. Is yeah, that, like okay. a clothing line because I was really into like these streetwear brands. Right? Okay, right. Um, but basically, when I uh, went back into that, I also need to make money to fund the clothing line. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people quit their full-time job or part-time job, but I'm just gonna be an entrepreneur. But the truth is, the smart way to do it is you work your nine-to-five job because I did it for years, and then after your five you're 5 p.m. You work from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's what I did for like two, three years before I go full time. Right. And that was a goal. But but basically before that actually could happen, it was a long like progress. Like um, I think when I went to Seneca, um, I needed money. So a friend of mine named Ronald, still a good friend of mine, um, he worked at uh, the, I think it was the Hilton and he was the guy in the front that would let people in mm. to the gym. It was a gym area. And I met him through a party, and he was like, hey, like, uh, my buddy Steve, he's an older guy. He's, like, in his 40s at the time. He's like, he has a balloon company. He needs someone to help him blow up balloons. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, so that sounds kind of random. And then he's like, but it's $15 an hour. And I was only paid Ooh, 9 yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, that huge. sounds like the easiest job, and I'm down. Yeah. And so I, I would go to – I would go meet this guy named Steve. His company is called Balloon Celebration, one of the biggest companies in Toronto now. Really? Yeah, he, he does all the balloon decorations for, like, Google, uh, Pride, um, oh, okay, nice. everything, right? Awesome. So if you guys need balloons, and I get, check him out. Yeah. <laughs> balloon Celebrations. And I, Steve. I, I was going to say, too, I guess, like – because I'm like, how many b- fucking balloons is this guy blowing up? But for Pride and those things, yeah, like, yeah, a it's lot. Like, it's like decoration. Like those, like, banners. Yeah, 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 yeah banners. Yeah. Not like clown balloons. Like yeah. The, That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. originally thought. Yeah, everyone like, thinks that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More like um, like professional, yeah, balloons. professional, yeah, like, like tasteful, tasteful, right, right, stuff. right, yeah, like an arch and stuff. Yes, you know? that's yeah. exactly what I'm picturing. Or like, yeah, but basically, while working for him, this is where I feel very blessed to meet. I feel like sometimes you meet people in life that are like mentors, and I honestly got lucky um, in terms of meeting him. And then after that, it was just like really just putting in the hard work. But we would have long drives to certain jobs, so like we'll go like different jobs like 45 minutes it's kind right. of far sorry and you are not in school at this point i'm correct? in school during the day and at night i'm working with him oh okay at night yeah. you're working with him okay yeah so to make money and then after i work i work on my clone line right so i literally do th- three, do three things, things in one once. day yeah okay and and i remember like i was really into partying still so i'd party too so i'd be like my body four was like, things Fuck. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so i'm just like four different things i'm trying to have fun trying to live my life um but 45 but, minute drives with steve yeah steve and every time we had drives with him he would how much time do you have left? I'm going to try. However much you okay. want. Go for it. Okay. So I was doing drives with Steve and he would be like talking to me like, hey, you're pretty good at negotiating. I don't know how you get stuff for free all the time. Like, what do you mean? It's like, like you would like set up like, you would get like, um, 
you do collabs with people and get things done for free. It's like, that's very hard to do. Like, you you, you must be a good salesperson. Because I did a lot of sales before, right? Like, mm-hmm. Club Monaco and all those other jobs. But, like, when I say free, I wasn't, like, leeching. But, like, we did collabs where they would get something out of it. Like, free photography because they're starting up and I need pictures or something mm-hmm. like that, right? For, mm-hmm. for my clone line. And then he was, like, you, he's you're pretty good at, like, negotiating this and that. It's like, you know, not a lot of people are like that at your age. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're just talking crap, whatever. You're just, you're just trying to make sure... I'm happy, you're, so I do a good yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. But, you don't but I didn't really believe him. I, had, I didn't have much confidence, too, right? And um, and basically, you know, and this is right when after I had the concussion, so like my brain's like just slowly starting to remember stuff again, so I'm like resetting. And, you know, everything seems like a dream at this point because I'm just kind of like doing everything. And like I, some of the things that happened now that I'm talking about, like a couple years later, it doesn't feel real anymore because mm-hmm. it's so long ago. But it had happened to me. and and because of those reasons, I feel like I am who I am today. But with Steve, why it's a blessing is, I might get kind of weird here, but basically he was saying, um, you know, you got to start visualizing stuff, mm-hmm. things you like. And no, it's not where I do that. Yeah, like, yeah. All and, the time. <laughs> at the time, you know, I lived in an area that wasn't the best area. And there were like crackheads, like walking outside, screaming all the time. And uh, I remember like people bringing in like um, beds from outside into the apartment. And then because they brought it from the inside and it was a very like low income area, um, there would be bed bugs crawling all over the apartment. So I'd be like, oh fuck, I'm taping up my door, mm-hmm. I don't want any bed bugs. Yeah. And they actually got in somehow. And then I would get bit and I would like sleep on a computer chair, I'd be like all paranoid and like, oh, no. all, and I'd be like, and so it was like worst living condition, right? So I'm like, I need to make money, get the hell out of here and like live the life I actually want to live. Mm-hmm. And no one was, I didn't have like, my mom or dad to call I'm like yo can you help me get out of here or whatever yeah. it was right and you couldn't like live with them or yeah anything. i couldn't i live my brother me and him like uh you know he's uh he's a he's 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 on spotify actually he's a producer and musician oh amazing yeah it's mkstn if everyone's curious yes but definitely. uh but basically um and then he just joined like he's he has like a band now called flow state nice yeah but anyways but so you guys are both following your dreams yeah yeah so basically um you know me and him were in the apartment and we were like kind of push each other because we really have anyone but each other mm-hmm. and basically you know and then and then i would have my buddies all of us would come over and we're just like like just like all, we all had different dreams so like they were working on other stuff another guy that is very successful now his name is dylan jackson so i knew him at this point and he was um he he has a part ownership in uh tequila brand called Simperia. okay as you say it's Simperia. I'm not sure. I know it's a tequila brand. That's awesome. And and uh, part owner of a Comic Con neighborhood. But basically, we all like just like kind of had passions and dreams. But we lived in a crappy neighborhood and crappy circumstance. We wanted to get out, and that's mm-hmm. I feel like that's actually a blessing because I feel like when you're in that situation, you work harder and you grind yeah. harder. And sometimes I feel like just putting my bed on the floor so I could pretend that feeling have that feeling against right? yeah seriously yeah and it's so true like when you're cushy you you're yeah you don't want to get comfortable yeah you don't yeah. want comfortable you want to like always you always want to get better but anyways where i was going with this is that steve was telling me um you know there was this book called the secret like law of attraction he's mm-hmm. like it sounds kind of like not could maybe not real or not i'm not sure <laughs> sorry i'm not sure i'm saying it right but like he's saying this could sound like like bullshit in a way but you have to always preface that because there is going to be someone that's like, oh, this isn't real. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, um, there was a video on it too. It's called The Secret. 
and I'm more of a movie guy, so I watched the video. And it's on it's on Netflix, if anyone's curious. It's yes, I, it, yeah. it is. But basically, um, what it is is basically the concept of um, how there's energy in the world. When you speak to someone or you walk into a room, you can feel people's energy. Mm-hmm. You know when someone has a bad energy or good energy. Um, if you jump off a building, gravity's real, but you can't see it. And you're going to fall and die if it's yeah. tall enough, right? So all these things are real, and I really believe in it, like energy. I, sorry, I have to just say, I can't believe you just used the gravity example because that's literally always what I tell people as well who, like, don't believe in that. I'm like, but do you believe in I'm not joking. Because <laughs> I, 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 I was also shown the movie. Or I, I'm not joking. I was shown the book, and then I was like, oh, there's a movie. I'd rather watch the oh movie. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah Like, funny. exactly the same. And then I, I, would, I used to, like, I'll still say this to people that, like, don't believe or whatever. I'm yeah. like, but do you believe in gravity? Because you can't see it, but we know for a fact that it's there. It's the same thing. It's just molecular energy. Yeah, it's not, yeah, like, yeah. A, a spiritual or religious belief. It's just actual science yeah, is yeah. how I experience <laughs> people yeah Sorry, that's true I, had yeah, to, I totally believe that yeah, yeah. i had to say that because i'm like oh my god <laughs> and i'll tell you like this is a story and i swore my entire life my clone line if it if i'm lying i hope it fails like dramatically but i'll tell you exactly this is the true story of like what had happened and this is why i believe in it again i'm stubborn mm-hmm. so i believed him i wanted to believe him but i inside i'm like ah uh, and most people will act that way that's very normal but i'm like very I'm, i question things a lot but I'm, I like to try things too, right? So I went home, I watched it, and basically what I was saying, like with the whole gravity thing, like you can't see gravity, but it's real. And same with energy. And it was crazy because I didn't notice this till after, but when I was doing all this crazy stuff, like uh, I was doing like, um, I was telling you like I was doing like, I got a concussion, mm-hmm. selling drugs, whatever it was back then. Um, and also working, all these things that, I would have, I would always think of all the things that could happen that's bad, so I can avoid it if it does come up. When I was doing all those things, and I was very like analytical with it, and I would spend days like analyzing that, and I didn't realize things started happening, bad things started happening to me. I would, I would be, I honestly thought I was cursed. I was like, why is shit things always happening? Like I'm always, mm-hmm. like, it, it was just terrible, right? But basically. Um, what had happened was I realized it's because I kept visualizing things that could happen that were bad and it started happening. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this till after because after when I saw The Secret, it's really like visualizing stuff you want, putting it on your board and just visualizing. So what I did was I wanted to make some money. I wanted to have a clone line. And I was still in school, worked for Steve. And this is where it gets really interesting. So I started printing all the things I wanted in my life. So first thing I wanted... At the time, I was driving a shitbox Honda Civic, and it was like I think bro- that's like everyone's everyone's first, first car, yeah. <laughs> and it, it would break down like randomly, so like I wouldn't know if I get to A, a to B all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be very like annoying. And I'm like, okay, I want a better car, so I put a car, a certain car I wanted. Which one was it? It was just a BMW. Nice. Yeah, and because um, back then I was like, I was, I was like, oh, like I want to be like the LRG guy, like have a cool mm-hmm. car, or whatever. But it was it was the um, I, I put that up and then I just put like I I was used to living in apartments like shitty apartments um, I never lived in a condo before or like uh, or like even a house so I was like you know I want to like live in like a nicer apartment or a condo or some sort mm-hmm. so I put that a picture of it and I was used to making fifteen dollars an hour mm-hmm. and I was like I want to make a hundred k and this is like twenty three years old and to me that was like impossible i'm like yeah. if this is real then it's gonna be crazy so yeah. i put 100k and I'm, I'm only like 23 at this point and so uh i didn't know how i was gonna do it and and then um and i also put i want to i want to make like good 
like I want to meet real people that are good friends like not just like my party friends or like people that I just like say hi to buy small talk but like really lifetime friends mm-hmm. and I did meet a lot of people like that and so I put I, I put all these things up any person be like this is all not gonna work this is bullshit but I was like I had nothing to lose. I had, exactly. I had nothing to lose, right? Like, why so, not? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just do it and see what happens. And so I literally uh, put these things up. I'd wake up every day. I didn't care about, at the time, I feel like when you're in your 20s, you're really big on like, oh, let's let's like hit on some girls, go party, like blah, 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 right? And that's very normal uh, at that age. But for me, at 23, I was like, hey, I don't care about girls right now. I don't care about... Um, about partying I don't care about anything I've done a bit of that already like partying and all that so I was like I want to just focus on making money and make a career to myself at 23 right so every day I'd wake up I would close my eyes and I would visualize um, these things happening driving that car walking in blah blah and then as I was going to Steve and the way it works is funny this, the whole law of attraction that's what it's called right when you attract certain things by thinking of it and visualizing it all the time um, is when signs show up, you gotta act upon it, mm-hmm. and and you know obviously you gotta work hard. But like things will randomly come into your life, not knowing why it did. It's because you kept thinking about it, and it shows up. Mm-hmm. But but basically, um, when I was working with Steve, he's so I work with so why Steve's a blessing. He introduced me to that, right? Yes. And when I when I work with Steve, he's like, listen, like you're pretty good at like uh, gra- web design, graphic design. Why don't you get a job there? I feel bad for you working with me all the time because you're pretty talented in that. What a nice guy. Because yeah, a lot is. of people would see that and be like, I need to keep this kid forever. Yeah, yeah. But like, what an, a real... He's so good, yeah. His name is Steve G Fletcher. He's, to he like is, be he like, is, you know what? You're like, uh, not above this, but like you have potential that's being wasted. That he cares like, more about the person, person than his business yes. itself. Which right? is going to reflect in his business, which makes sense as to why he is so successful yeah. because I think yeah, that yeah. it goes back to his actually. Totally, Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. Continue. Um, and, and so, you know, and... I, at the time, at that age, I lived check to check. I didn't know how to save. I actually just started saving this year. <laughs> Before that, I was so used to living for the moment. So like, I would like, you, it's good to live for the moment for certain things, but for like jobs in your life, it's good to think about the future as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like for me, I was always he's like, stop living check to check. Like you'll get this check, you'll spend it, and then you wait for the next check. He's like, plan for your future. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that because I was so used to fast, like making money fast and, and then like uh, getting rid of it and then making more money, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's like, uh, why don't you look for a job? So I went to Kijiji and I, I looked for a web design job and it was for a brand called Atticus Wolf. It still exists. He did a pretty big job, like Struck 2. Oh, did, okay. I did all the design for it. So oh, he, nice. Yeah, so I did the graphic design for it. And again, that skill was learned off YouTube. And I taught myself that. He got paid... He paid me twenty dollars an hour, which was amazing. Better yeah. than Steve at the time, and I was working a couple shifts with Steve. Cause I didn't want to like just leave him Be like, behind. See you later. He's, he's, right. So um, after a while, I was like, wait, if I'm getting paid twenty dollars an hour, how much is this guy getting paid? Mm-hmm. His name was Anthony, right? Super successful guy. He was he was older. I looked up to him. I was really young at the time. I'm like, do you mind if I go to the um, client meetings with you, and then can I watch and just see your contract? So I, I would go to all his meetings. I would watch the way he talked. I'd watch the way he closed a deal. I would study him. And then I told Steve about this. And I'm like, I think I'm going to start my own web design company. And so I did. I started my own web design company. And and I was very used to getting... At the time, the web design company was that I worked for was good because I got to work from home mm-hmm. at $20 an hour. So it was amazing. But then I, I 
I pretty much like had to fake everything because I didn't have money for an office and that, so I worked out of my house. Mm-hmm. So I literally would call. Um, so so I, so I put it, so at the time there was Google Ads, Facebook right. Ads wasn't that big yet, and Google Ads was very expensive. I couldn't afford it. So the only ad I could afford was on Kijiji. Mm-hmm. I knew you were gonna say Kijiji. <laughs> and so it was a hundred dollars to get the ad up. But what I did was I looked at every every morning before I started my my day. This is my first like entrepreneur gig, I would say, right? Before I started my day, I would analyze all my competition on Kijiji, what their prices were, and I made sure I was five dollars cheaper. And oh, I made sure I offered something bonus. I'd be like, oh, I'll get you uh, I'll, I'll do a full Instagram and Facebook like design for you on top of your web design business or something, right? So I stole everyone's business that way. Amazing. Right? So I would do that every morning. Someone would compete with me and I'll put it back and I'll, I'll just jump it. And then at one point, it got so cheap and saturated that I was like, okay, now I gotta just be a fair price because you can't go down too low. Mm-hmm. And and um, I guess the main thing I was going with that is uh, when I was doing it, uh, Steve was like advertise. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Like, it's a hundred bucks. I, I, I don't want to waste money. And a lot of people are scared to advertise. A lot of brands out there, um, because it's that startup cost. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, the biggest thing that's driving my business currently is ads. For like sure. Facebook and Instagram ads. For sure. Take that small risk. The, some people use it, but they don't use it properly, so they're not targeting the right people. So it looks like a waste. So mm-hmm. you have to find the right people to do it with, right? Yeah. So um, basically, you know, ads are very important. But basically, I didn't really believe in it because I didn't want to spend money. I was living for the moment. And it's scary. You're like, oh my God, like, you know, it's yeah, money no, it's to be so spent scary. on yeah. like something that is not like yeah. exactly tangible, I guess. 100%. And then when I was working for Steve, maybe I've worked like an eight hour day, I'll get paid 100 bucks. So it's right. like me working for a full day and I have to throw it out and yeah. it might not work. Yeah. So Steve, another, he's a nice guy, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, we love you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know what? Um, I'm going to pay for your ad. And if you make money from the ad, you pay me back. And he's crazy. He's the type of guy, when I was like living in that apartment that um, that I didn't like with the bed bugs and all that, Mm -hmm. he would come randomly, knock my door. He's like, here's a, and he has like kids and a wife. And like, he's doing this for a stranger in in a way. He he comes to my house, knocks my door. He had Costco groceries for me because he knew I didn't have that much food in my house. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I got you this. I'm like, why would you get me this? It's so nice. You didn't have to. He's like, it's okay. So he's pay for it because he's like when he was younger someone did that for him he's like I'm so literally gonna that. cry yeah, he I said that for love me. Yeah. when people do yeah he's like, like I did it for you and like one day if you're successful you do it for someone else I'm like wow and that is have you seen that movie pay it forward oh yeah oh yeah, my god day, yeah. that's like yeah, one of my favorite one. movies as well and it's crazy because um that's unbelievable yeah no it's crazy and it was crazy because he told me uh he told me things that have come true now but like where I've never believed in it ever, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what it was after. But basically, he um, he do that. He got he helped me buy my first car. Um, wow! And then I paid him back for it after. Like he literally like was pretty much my dad. In a way. Yeah. Um, but just he's one of my best friends now. Uh, but he's but basically like um, where I was going with this is that so again you know he did that. My ads started working. First two weeks though, let me tell you something. With like this whole law of attraction, law. so hold on, you're he's paying for what an, a Facebook one, ad? No, one Kijiji ad. One Kijiji ad. Yeah, okay, one Kijiji okay. ad that lasts a month for hundred bucks. Okay, and so the first two weeks, I had all these vision boards on the wall. I'm like, okay, this I'm I'm hoping this is gonna get me that phone call, give me that gig, the job. Um, so phone doesn't ring for the first two weeks. I'm like, fuck. I'm mm-hmm. like, this doesn't work. But it stops. This whole law of attraction thing I'm talking about it stops working when you stop believing in it, right? Mm-hmm. So you gotta keep pushing. 
you have faith, right? So I just kept pushing, pushing, had nothing to lose. Next thing you know, I don't remember like exactly if it was two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever it was, but I remember the phone ringing. And it, it picked up, and I was like, hi, David speaking. I was trying to be all professional. And they're like, yeah, I saw you're out of Kijiji. You want a, a website, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, like, you know, how many, how many, how many links do you want? Um, what kind of company do you have? Do you have a logo? I would upsell them on a logo. And, and then basically, um, you know, they would say this and that. I'll be like, okay, let me get back to you within 24 hours with a quote. So at the time, I quoted my first site for about 500 bucks. And that Beautiful. site takes me about three hours to make. So that's amazing money for me at the time. Of I get to course. do it from home. Yeah. And, and I told Steve, I was all excited. I paid Steve back his money. I think I did. If I haven't, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but basically, um, when that happened, the phone started ringing like crazy. I started getting all these calls to a point where I couldn't um, handle it all. So then I started hiring people that I found to freelance it. So one guy would do the design. I, I would do the design. He would do the coding. And then I would be like the project manager. Okay. And I would always pretend, and this is good for a small business that's starting up. I did the whole fake it till you make it. I always said, you know, I like the way I did it was like ridiculous. Like I would be like, they would call me, uh, I'd speak very professional, and they'd be like, hey, like, can I come to your office and like meet with you? And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I have appointments back to back. I can meet you after work at Starbucks. <laughs> so that's the only <laughs> way I could do it at the yeah. time, right? But you have to kind of fake it, and then you know you got to make yourself look bigger when when you're when you're a small brand until you actually reach the level you want to be at. But basically, um, I I kept doing that, and then I remember like, uh, um, I was like, hey, you know what? It's getting too busy. I can't handle these five hundred dollar jobs. It's not worth it. And I remember Anthony, the guy I used to work for, he was quoting jobs for twenty, thirty, forty thousand a website. Shut That's up. That's how much. There's a lot of money in that business. Yeah. If anyone wants to get into some money, yeah, get into that business. It's good business. Um. But basically, I remember getting a phone call and this phone call. So I had like a couple different ones, like 10, 20, 30, 40. And, and I didn't think I could close it because I'm like a 23-year-old kid. Are they really going to listen to me? Because mm -hmm. most of these guys that close it are 40, 30. Yeah. They have more experience in this. So I pick up the phone, talk to him. He's like, yeah, well, I got to meet you to sign this uh, contract, blah, blah. We met at Starbucks. Um, I remember my car at the time. I got in a car accident with a... I didn't have enough money to like fix the front bumper, so I was like hanging off. So I had to like park really far. But I had a nice pea coat on, I looked professional, walked in <laughs> like a block away. And before I walked in, you know, I I visualized him sign the contract. And I visualized him mm. me making a beautiful website for him and he's happy with it. And I visualized all these things. And I kept visualizing it and at the end of the meeting he signed the contract. And that was my first, I think it was fifteen thousand dollar gig. Amazing. Yeah, and now that fifteen thousand, you know, I my developer got paid like thirty dollars an hour and that added up to about maybe a thousand bucks so i was profiting all his money so um and then he was very happy i was supporting him and i was supporting everyone and and then next thing you know i started getting i only did big jobs so i had like companies like canon i did stuff for them like oh, they wow. called me i designed for structube uh through atticus wolf at the time so i was doing freelance with him and then my personal client for my business was canon uh, a lot of startup companies on Queen Street restaurants. I did like their menu, their logo. Nice. So even for Caller right now, everything I do, the graphic design on the website, like in terms of the graphics, I still do it myself because I have the Cause vision. Because you and yeah, like yeah. you essentially are a professional. Yeah, yeah. So. And how long did you do this for? Or how oh yeah, so I did it while I was in school, and then that's when I dropped out of Seneca because I got so busy. I was making a lot of money through. Plus, what the fuck are you gonna do in HR? Yeah, I know. And I hated like... it. I don't fucking remember anything from it, so it was the worst. <laughs> But I so I left that, 
and I still had my clone line on the side, but I wasn't serious about it because it wasn't making money. I was like really about this website. I'm like, oh, I'm making money. But my passion was still clothing because mm-hmm. I was so in love with the clothing. And basically what happened was after the um, everything was going well, this is where I, I tell people visual, visualization, like what you think about is so real because I got so cocky because I was making so much money that I was like buying clothes. Anything I wanted, I didn't count. Like I didn't like... Any other store would buy, just buy it, not count the 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 price tag. I'll buy food for my friends, buy drinks to spend money because I'll be like, next day I'm getting another call for another 20k website. Got really cocky, stopped visualizing, and guess what? The phone stopped ringing. Mm. My money started going down, and I think only like fit. And by the way, all those things on the wall at that time, after that one year ended, I think I, I did 120k and I got that car and I moved out of that place. So wow! I tell you guys, in a year of me just working hard and visualizing and doing those things and just like not focus on anything else but that in one year I changed my entire life that's crazy to like an extent right um, and then I also like even f- like I met beautiful people that are you know have great souls like I've, I've so many different things happen during that point and and basically I I think like a year when that happened I I lost a lot of money because I wasn't visualizing I stopped using that whole method I stopped having goals. Like mm-hmm. I just like lived. I just lived day to day. Like I would just like party, buy clothes, like just do the basic stuff. And then I got really cocky with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back to where I started if I don't change something. Mm-hmm. So I had 15k left. And I again YouTube. Go on YouTube. I research how to find some. How to how to start a clone line like properly. How to do a trade show. What is a trade show? What are the best trade shows? I did research for days, and I'd be so excited. I would wake up, and I'm very like impatient in a way if i want something i need it right away but it's good for for like um for like work it's not good for life because you can't expect everything right away um but it's good in the sense if you like want to know an answer you're like i'm gonna find it now i'm not waiting for anybody urgency like if i have an idea and i'm in bed most of my ideas come at like 5 4 a.m when i'm like half asleep like holy fuck why am i not doing that (laughs) and if i don't write down i'll forget then you forget Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so like and then, and then like I'd wake up and just work on it. So I remember like when I was even doing this, like I'd wake up like four a.m. like have an idea. I'm like, oh fuck, I need to go learn this right now. So I'd learn it Amazing. and I was I'd do it all day to a point where I think I'm going crazy because I'm not even eating. I'm just like working, just learning, like like trying to become better at it. Um, but basically, what happened with all that was I took um, YouTube videos and Dylan Jackson, the guy I was telling you about earlier, who has mm-hmm. his own company now too, the neighborhood company. Uh, me and him went to a trade show. We Googled everything. We went to a trade show. Uh, and that's when Caller was really started. Nice. And, and that's when I put like, okay, so. And oh, at that time you had called it Caller or no? Yeah, I started. Was, okay. Yeah, but it wasn't serious yet. Like I started Caller. It was. But it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like, what it is now. No, no, it, it was like t-shirts and stuff. T-shirts and stuff. Nice. Yeah. So um, basically, yeah. So basically like when I was on that, um, the trade show, I opened like 15 new stores. But before I can open the stores... Wait, what? You opened 15 new... What do you mean? Oh, like retailers. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. So the trade show was in Vegas. Okay. So growing oh, up... Oh, was it Magic? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. It was called Liberty Fairs, though. It was oh, close okay. to Magic. It was beside it. Okay. So Liberty Fairs was more like a, a men's one, and Magic is a mix of men's and women's. Okay. Yeah. But... Um, sorry, it's been chap- chapstick. Okay, sorry. But um, basically, what had happened was... Um, I'm trying to remember... So you did the trade show. Oh, yeah, trade show. Yeah, so hold on. What do you mean when you say 15 retailers? Oh, you got retailers mm-hmm. that signed up to, like, receive your product. Is that what yeah, you Yeah, so basically the trade show is um, you would design a collection. You would bring it to the show. 
and then retailers like Saks, Simons, they come and small buy. boutiques, they come and order, and you place your order six months after, and they ship it to them. Right, okay. So and I was in zero stores at the time. Okay. And I was probably making like, I don't know, $100 a month off of it. And what, what was your uh, first collection? My first collection was in 2011. So and it was all teas? It was, uh, no, so I made it in Canada, it was so expensive. Yeah. So I had to go to China after, but like, I made sure, like, the ethics were right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but basically, like, um, I, I had joggers when joggers were really in. Okay. So I was one of the first guys to make moto joggers. Nice. So it was like moto. There was a stage where like Balmain was very in, like the whole moto stage because ASAP Rocky wore it. Mm-hmm. And then Zaynward was really killing it with the joggers. Nice. So I kind of put the two together and made like moto joggers and I sold out in those at nice. the trade show. And so when I went to the trade show, I was young, everyone's older. It's my first trade show, I was so nervous. And even the owners of Zainrobe, I looked up to them before. They were across from me. They had a huge booth. I had a mini booth because I think it was like 8,000. I had 15K. So like 8,000 oh towards the booth. Oh, my God. Um, 5,000 on my visa for the clothing I made, which were just samples. And did you go by yourself to this or did you have I went with my friend you? Dylan. That was oh, it. yeah, you said. Yeah. Okay, And before sorry. that, I've never traveled. I never okay. left oh my God. to 23. I've only known Toronto. That's oh it. Oh, my gosh. And so, um, so it was my first time leaving the city and going to Vegas. It's a new world to me, right? And, and so I go to this and Dylan's like throwing up cause like he's tired as fuck. <laughs> he's like working and he's working like no sleep and he's a hard worker. Right. And we both, and we both like worked off each other. Like he would not sleep. I wouldn't sleep. We're like, and I would advise not sleeping. I think it's important to sleep, <laughs> but like, you know, have six, seven hours when you have- you, because you can't have the right mindset yeah. if you don't sleep. Right. Totally. But, um, basically the first day we had no sales. I'm like, fuck, like let's do this whole attraction thing. And Dylan wasn't a big believer at the time. So I was like, yo, I'm just going to do it. He's like, yeah, yeah, just do what you got to do. <laughs> and I was like, visualizing, okay, when people pass by, like, they're going to stop and they're going to talk to me. Because every time I talk to them, they're like, oh, I have an appointment. I can't talk to you right now. And they'll leave. And I'm like, and Drake was just blowing up okay. at the time. And I was a big fan of Drake. And people from Atlanta and different cities that were in the hip-hop culture, like, knew who Drake was because he was blowing up at the time. So if I saw a guy that was dressed very well, that under- that kind of looked like he would buy my stuff, I'd be like, hey, like, um, where are you from? And he would look at me weird. He's like, why are you asking me where I'm from? Right? And then I'm like, and he would be like Houston or whatever it was. I'm like, oh, sick. I'm like, I'm from where Drake's from. He's like, where's that? I'm like, Toronto. He's like, oh, no way. That's crazy. He's like, I'm like do you know who Drake is? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I know who Drake is. And we'll just talk a little bit, build a rapport, and then he'll come in the booth. And I'll have like either a shot of whiskey for him or whatever. Oh. And so he feels like he's, he needs he's to be in there and chat. Right? And yeah. boy, yeah. And uh, as soon as they're in though, they actually love the clothing. And one thing I start realizing is that people don't give you a chance because you haven't done anything for them to want to for them to come in mm-hmm. to if in any business right marketing is key you have to have such good marketing that no one's gonna believe in you like when I started like people be like oh it's the hardest business you could be in yeah and and so like the main thing is like you the key to, to like being like getting people to want to listen or hear or it's like what you have to say or, or sell is is the the outside facade of like why should I give you five minutes of my time to come in to look at your stuff? Yeah. Right? And at the time, for me, it was whiskey and a bit of rapport because of Drake. Yeah. <laughs> for them. But that's sometimes all it takes. Yeah. And it was and then, like smart enough that it was like simple, but it worked. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, like, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Um, he he ended up putting an order in, and it was like fifteen. 15 stores at the end of the trade show. I got 15 new stores Amazing. in the U.S. and Canada. 
And I came home like, oh my god! I told mom like, I think I'm gonna be rich. Like I just sold all these fucking clothes. But none of this but is made yet, right? None of it's okay. made. <laughs> and then this is where shit happens. Right. And I'm telling you right now, as an entrepreneur, one thing I've learned over these like years of being an entrepreneur, every day shit's gonna happen. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. it's a shit storm every day. <laughs> yeah. Because there's gonna be obstacles. One thing I learned, I'm like, okay, once I make this much money, or I get this many employees, or I do this. Things will be calm. Yeah. But it's not. It doesn't. Every yeah. day there's gonna be something new. And you just have to like I'm big on meditation and like nice. um and just working out because like it's tr- stress it makes my stress go away. And like you have to have a really clear mindset of like what is your mission today and tomorrow and the next year. And then especially as an entrepreneur, like a like an owner, there's people looking up to me so, like like even if it's like people that buy my clothes or people that, that work with me, I have to make the right decision. I have to show up and be ready every day, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can't make a decision, you know, why should they believe in you, mm-hmm. right? So so basically, um, uh, when that happened, I came back, I was all excited. Then I realized, you know, being a young entrepreneur at the time, I have no money for this stuff. <laughs> I just wasted it all. I'm fucked. And so basically... And were these people placing orders in U.S. dollars? Yeah. Okay, so at least that... Oh, no, no, it was... It was I, I was charging them Canadian. That's why they liked it so oh, much. Oh, okay, so it was like yeah. cheaper and stuff. Yeah, I should have though, but you know... But you, you, you live, live and, and learn. learn. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but basically, um, when I came back, I was like, shit, like, I can't even make this stuff, right? <laughs> so it was, it was, it was shit. But basically, I had to, like, ask friends for money, max oh, up more shit. Visa cards, uh, just try to get loans here and there. And I finally had enough money to make the clothes. Okay, good. As a new guy in this whole business, when factories are known, especially overseas, to make you great samples. But when production happens, yes. they're not the best. So... The production comes, I'm all excited, boxes come, and I did it at my sister's house. And my sister's house is not that, it wasn't that big at the time, and she had all these like boxes all over. She's gonna have like a divorce. We had like 50 boxes all over the kitchen floor. <laughs> she was so pissed. Oh and my God. I was like, yeah, hey, it'd be like two days, we're gonna ship it out, we're good. It's like, like two months. Fucking two months, yeah, it was two months. <laughs> I had like six people come in, because at night, because people worked during the day, so I called my friends, like, hey, I'll pay you like $10 an hour, or give you free clothes, come help me. A lot of my friends back then, you know, thank you again for coming to help me because it, most of them were just doing free clothes, nice. which is amazing. And this was my first shipment ever. So I went, they went into my, we had to like reorganize and then we start finding fits were not right. Mm. And then we found oil stains and then we found rips. And had you gone back to the original place that you were drop shipping from back in the day or had you found a new one? No, it was a new one. A new one. Tried, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so they messed the entire thing up. And as, as this is where I learned the hardest lesson in my life. And I'm like... So, and everything I do in terms of business, I every big move that if there's a, a cost for it. So let's say a shipment's fifty thousand. So I have a limit. If if something is five thousand dollars and more in costs, I would sit down and write all the things that go wrong beforehand. Mm. I have a limit of like how much, and if it's a higher limit, I'll spend more time on it. Because if you write it down. When those things happen, you can react very quickly. So, sorry, you would take paper and say, okay, there could be oil stains, the fits could be wrong, the mm-hmm. sizes could be fucked up. Blah, blah, How do you blah. fix and these things? Oh, so you'd have the solutions beside those problems. Yeah, yeah, but oh. I didn't do that for the first shipment. Right. I learned this know. after. And, and everything I do, not in a shipment, like if it's just a business, if I'm making a deal with an investor, whatever it is, right? Like an investor would be like, okay, has he ever failed a company? Um, you know, has he? does he have any, like, What's his background really like? Does he have, did he show you proof like little things? And you things. would put like the answers to those. Yeah, things. And that is a fucking great idea. Yeah, I and love I, it. And just because I used to be very reactive versus, because 
if, if you're not reactive, because I'm very reactive, so if something bad happens, I'm like, oh shit, how do I fix this? And I was just like, go through it. I'm really good at problem solving, but it's sometimes no one's perfect. Sometimes you mm-hmm. can't get the right answer. And so if you, you can plan it as much as you can. So, you know, I'll plan all things go wrong, and then I'll make a list for the factory. If these things go wrong, these are discounts I expect. These are things mm. I want. And they're gonna just going to avoid doing that. Yeah, because they're going to be like, shit, I'm yeah. not going to pay this out. And, blah, and then I didn't know there's a quality control team in China that you can hire. They can check this stuff before you ship it. Oh. So that's something, if people want to know if they're selling clothing, that, that's very helpful. Um, but basically, I had to kind of wing it. So I pretty much, all the oil stains, I had to bring to a dry cleaner. Oh my God. Yeah, so that was annoying. I had to repack it. All the things that had rips in it, I, I got it re-sewn. Um, all the, and then I asked for a discount after from the factory. Um, and especially yeah, or like for a credit for your next yeah, order or something like that. And especially for new brands, factories will not take you serious because yeah. your minimums are going to be low. Exactly. Unless you're starting really high, they're going to think you're a joke and they're not going to take you serious because they, they, they did it with me in the beginning. Yeah. So the key thing is get a quality control team to check the factory, ask them what brands they work with, and got to push them that you're going to grow and you got to boost it a little bit. You got to make sure like, you know what? I have this deal I might, that might go through. If you do a great production for me, I'm gonna do the next one, I'll make sure I order more. You gotta boost a little bit. So mm-hmm. the, it, in, in any business deal, both parties have to be happy. But as soon as one party feels like they're getting shit part of the deal, or if they feel like you're not growing, then they're like, if, if this is all we're gonna make working with you, then we, do wanna, we don't wanna work with you. So we don't care. Because right at now. the end of the factory's investing in the designer and the owner. Like, you have to pitch them like, look how great these designs are. I, I know I can move a lot. I'm going to sell a lot. By next year, you're going to double my order. Mm-hmm. And you have to boost it. You can't just be like, hey, can you make my stuff? Yeah, I'm going to try, like, I'm gonna try you out they don't one care. time. They're yeah. dealing with like millions of dollars, right? Yeah. So so basically, I had to do that with my factories. So they say that gro- I still work with them now, right? Even though they fucked up. Oh my God, Actually, no, no that, the one that fucked up, I actually am not working with. You Another did. one... I'm working with now. And you've been with them since. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And, and um, that's like amazing because then you just continue to build your rapport yeah, with each for other. Sure. And yeah, totally. Um, so you're so winging it. You, had, you brought all your shirts to like the dry cleaners. And oh, yeah. Like, so I brought it to dry cleaners and, um, and then I started shipping this stuff out. It was late. So I didn't know if you were late. The stores want discounts. Mm-hmm. So I, pr- I didn't make any money at right. that point. I lost money. But that was like your education almost, yeah. I guess. And I'll tell you right now, the truth is in fashion. I'm be very raw with everybody. They say most fashion brands don't make money within the first four years, until the first four years. Right. And I didn't start making money for my company till, like, I was probably faking it till you make it or making it look like it was big, but I didn't actually start making money probably, like, till, like, three years ago. Wow. Yeah, and then... And that's amazing that you hung on because, like, four years is a long time. And I was in debt, like, um, close to 500K. Holy shit. And I'm, like, a young kid at the time. Yeah. With 500K debt... People are pissed off. They want money. Yeah. Banks, everything. Bad credit score because, like, at this point, it's shit. Yeah. Um, but I kept driving through it. But, like, that that's is, like, remarkable. <laughs> because a lot of people would f- fucking lose yeah, their money. F- yeah. Like, I, what do you even do? Like, that's literally remarkable. It's scary. It's definitely scary. But I'm afraid even just hearing <laughs> that. I'm like, <laughs> it's not like, like 5K. Paralyzed. We're talking about 500. 500. Yeah. That, like, like, it was a half lot. Half a million dollars. Yeah. And, and I had to recoup it all slowly, pay everyone back, and then finally get to the stage we're at. And um, and yeah, that's kind of like the whole journey. But like, you know, one thing I've learned, like first is that. And then the next thing is like hiring your first employee. Mm-hmm. And then- Who was your first hire? Uh, 
It was Dylan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And what was his role? Everything. Or is his role? Everything. <laughs> everything. everything that you couldn't yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> every, both of us were doing everything. And then my first intern was a girl named Queenie. And she's amazing. Okay. She's uh, She also has a line she's starting up to. Nice. Um, but her, she was my first intern. And then Dylan was my first pay. And then I paid Queenie as well. And then from that, I expanded and started hiring more people. How many and employees do you have now? I'm about six now. Nice. Yeah. And... Um, but basically, like, when I was hiring people, um, I didn't realize that managing is hmm. a whole fucking different thing. Yeah. Like, running a business is one thing. But then managing different the emotions, different personalities. Um, some people take information differently. Mm-hmm. Some people um, react differently. And some people just can get things faster. Some don't. And then th- everyone learns differently. And then managing them is also, like, showing up and being a leader for mm-hmm. them as well. Like, letting them understand that, you know, letting them grow as well. Like, not, because before when I first started, I'm like, if you do that wrong, you're fired. If you do this, you're going to get fired. If you do this. And that's not, like, if if you do that to, to like, a person, if someone's that to me, I'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, I get it. I won't do it again. And then when they're gone, I'll probably be on my Facebook slide. For out, sure. Like, right? you're not But then if they really believe in you and they stay, they believe in the vision and, and you actually sit down, try to understand what their vision is and, or like, in terms of what they want to do in their life and and who they want to be and why they like working with you and you understand you talk to them and, and you understand that part of the, like the relationship and and when they mess up instead of telling them you know telling your employees like you fucked up like you want to ask them like if you were in my position how would you go about this if this happened mm-hmm. and they can speak for themselves and then they'll be like oh wait maybe he's right or maybe I see why where he's going with this and then from there you know they would understand and learn it and then when when that situation when they're when you're not there, they believe in the company so much, they believe in you, and they believe in they actually trust you, and they and they actually want you to succeed, and they actually want to succeed for themselves because they're gonna get upgraded if I get upgraded. Mm-hmm. Um, that they will work when you're not there, and like and not just scream at them like, oh, this is wrong. Yeah, right? so that's like the way I do leading stuff. with love versus fear. Hundred percent. Yeah. And like, isn't it so empowering for like you and your team to like just yeah. know that everyone's in a safe place and like, yeah. I feel like you just get better results that way. Yeah, that's the key thing. Like the safe like, thing, right? Like, yeah. Because the world's already like you're already against like everyone else outside. Yeah. Inside, like you should trust people you work with inside. Exactly. Because right? you got like your vendors asking for money. You got this, this, is that. And you got to work together to make sure you guys are good. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you, if I feel for any company, if you're on the inside and everyone's all like talking shit about each other, they're all paranoid. They're all like not working well together. Then how do you expect to even succeed as a business on the outside? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, But the fact that you're like that, like there's so many quotes and everyone said it that um, the the easiest way to understand who like the owner of the company is, is just like what is the company culture because it bleeds down from you. So the fact that you're like that, like and now all your company, like your company is going to be the way that you are. Maybe not exactly, but like your your employees are going to absorb sort of your philosophies and stuff like that, you know. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Which (laughs) is I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I guess like to kind of like wrap up this whole story for me, um, you know, obviously when all these things happen, like with the the bad quality control, uh, hiring employees, not knowing how to manage properly, I, I try to like again, I'm not a big reader, so I listen to audiobooks mm-hmm. on Audible. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love podcasts. So that's when you invited me. Like I thought your podcast was very amazing, so I definitely had to come, come by. Um, but. I listen to podcasts. I feel like one thing people should learn if they want to be an entrepreneur or just a better person is 
the craziest thing is, is if you don't think this way, and you should, is that a lot of things in life you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Like if you want a service, you have to pay for it. If you want this. But the craziest part is like an audiobook can teach you so much that you can that it's pretty much free if you really want to go on YouTube and find it for free mm-hmm. um, like these information like audiobooks books movies these things are free like I love movies because they inspire me like true stories every time I watch it okay now I'm ready to go for five more days like, yeah because I've seen this guy do it why can't I do it exactly everyone gets drained right um, and then number two like audiobooks like it, like just like guys who and, and women who work out their body to get a better shape even girls that, you know, girls and guys that put uh, filters on their presets or, or or anything just to make, like, or surgery or whatever it is, right? I think the main thing is everyone wants to upgrade themselves physically and none of people are spending time on, like, the internal part, which is, like, understanding, like, your mind. Like, like Power of Now is a really good book. Or What like, is it called? The Power of Now. Oh, The Power. I think yeah. I've listened to it, yeah, not read it. Yeah, that one's really but... good. Or... Um, it's like how to not give a fuck or something like that. Oh, um, the simple art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, I haven't read that yet, but I heard it's really good. But but basically, like just like self, like when you build from the inside, and like, and all this thing is free, and especially business books, you can learn so much. Like if you're gonna start a business, you you should. Uh, I I, th- I was listening to a podcast from one, one of my investors, Scott. Um, he owns a company, Model Detox, and he said, um, he was saying like you know it's it's so important to like work I think it was him I'm not sure but I remember hearing a podcast but it was like it's good to like work for a company to learn how they do mm-hmm. it and so then after you learn from their mistakes on their dime on yeah. their dollar or so, you're probably getting paid yeah, to learn yeah, those yeah you're getting paid to learn their mistakes yeah. right and so anyone who's an entrepreneur you don't need to like show off like I'm gonna be an entrepreneur right away like go learn with someone who's doing it already. Mm-hmm. Learn everything. Because that's how I did my web design. I learned from the guy from Atticus Wolf. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a big believer in mentors and like books and stuff like that and like audio books. Because if you can upgrade yourself, it's free knowledge. Like I don't really have that much time to even listen to books. But like if I'm on a flight, I'll do it. Yeah. If I'm driving to work, if I'm doing a workout for an hour or if um, if I'm just like lounging around on a weekend. And I'm even bored. like cooking or something. There's yeah. like so many opportunities yeah. to Anytime, listen. right? So... So there's no excuse. It's free, pretty much. If you want it to be free, you can find it on YouTube. And like, I, I just feel like the best thing is upgrade yourself, and obviously your outside too. Because you know, have your sleep, work out. Like mm-hmm. that's so key. Like, feel good. Like, the only person that can motivate you is yourself. And when I when I first started my business, like, everyone said to me like, you're not gonna, mm-hmm. um, you're not gonna do well. And it's so it's extremely hard. And like, I literally every every month I would have things on my board that I want to accomplish there's nothing that I have not accomplished yet that's because amazing because of my having the vision board the goals and just grinding and like knowing that nothing can stop me because I'm, I'm like a like for me like I just see myself as like a line like just whatever I want I just go get it that's go, it yeah there's no there's no like and anyone can have that yeah anyone they, can have yeah. that anyone and it's just literally your mentality your mind th- like your, your your thoughts what you think about every day most you know Everyone gets negative thoughts sometimes, but like you gotta just control it. Know that your 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 brain's like a machine. It's like it's always thinking of stuff. But if you can, if you can like, like, like uh, cut yourself away from your thoughts and actually think about, like the book Power of Now. Why I'm speaking about it is, it teaches you that you have thoughts. The only difference between you and a homeless, not homeless, but like crazy people, yeah, um, is they they talk out loud to themselves. 
we talk to ourselves in our in heads, our heads right? yeah. and sometimes you're i'll like catch myself uh like going like let's say like i leave my house i'm like is this jacket too cold i mean too too much for this yeah. event yeah like, am, I, am i overdress yeah if people are looking at me funny like those thoughts is based on um something that's happened to you in the past mm-hmm. that's that that's automatically you that train yourself to much. think that because you probably show up to an event showing up like too much right yeah so um basically that book teaches you that your thoughts are just things that you've learned and you have to unlearn these things mm-hmm. and control your thoughts so when when it says that stop for a sec and almost laugh at your thoughts be like okay what what is the reason behind this thought and i'll be like okay the reason behind this thought is because um i don't want to show up to the party standing out too much and people might look at me weird and so that's insecurity so i'm like okay that's insecurity that's a real me thinking that's like your your subconscious mind thinking about why that's happening Mm -hmm. and then if you can think in that deep like that level of deepness then you're like okay if you're happy with yourself, you're confident with yourself, then it doesn't matter if you're overdressed or not. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how you talk. And if you talk to yourself in that way versus, it. yeah, you have to deconstruct it and, and stop your mind from thinking certain things by just almost like listening to your thoughts and then reacting to it like as if you were talking to another person. It sounds like a crazy thing. Yeah, but no, no, no. That's like absolutely great advice. And it's a very... Um, Uh, easy way to understand how to do that because I think like I certainly have caught myself doing exactly what you just said but like I wouldn't really know how to explain that to somebody and like probably people have done it or started to do it and they don't even realize that they are doing it but like it's very very helpful and if you can like more consciously do it which it sounds like you have almost mastered to like always kind of do that then like it helps yeah and everyday life and even meditation so when you meditate it calms your breathing and it gets you into a state where you actually enter that zone faster. Oh. Yeah, so that's why I meditate. I don't meditate just for fun. Like, I there's actually like, a reason need to get it. into that. Like, yeah, it's hard. Like the first seven times I meditated, I actually didn't feel anything. I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, Because doesn't your mind just race? Like what do you picture, black? Yeah, so I'll tell you <laughs> like, what you do, right? So okay. one of my friends, Cyrus, uh, who's a good friend of mine, um, his mom's a Reiki master and he meditates a lot. And he taught me how to meditate properly. But basically the first four times, or like four to seven times, I didn't get nothing. Like nothing happened. Start slow, like 15 minutes. Oh my God, 15 minutes sounds like an eternity. Yeah, I know. I do like 30, <laughs> 45 now. Holy shit. Yeah, Every morning? But, uh, either at morning or night. Yeah. Okay, wow. Uh, some days I skip, not gonna lie, I'm not perfect. Yeah, yeah. But I try. Most days. Yeah, most days. But, um, okay, here's the number one thing. I'm not like a, like a guru in this, but this is how I do it for yeah. everyone that wants to know. Um, put an alarm on for 15 minutes because you don't, every second of you meditating you'll be like is it done is it, is it done? Uh, is yeah it done? Right? <laughs> that's what i would be so, thinking <laughs> yeah med- um alarm turn off your phone oh sorry airplane mode with an alarm okay so you don't want any distractions you could either go to youtube type in 20 minute frequency meditation where it's just a noise like a frequency so you, so it helps you not think of things okay and if you can't if if you feel like like no noise is better then just in silence close your eyes some people do it with open eyes and they just focus on one thing and and just take in what's around them without moving their eyes or the body. And if you have an itch, don't itch it. Fight through it. And just, you have to be still. Pretend you're a rock. Okay. And you just exist. That's it. But when I meditate, I meditate with my eyes closed. And I think I'm on a, I'm on clouds. Oh, that's right? nice. Every time I breathe in, I'm breathing in positive energy. Every time I breathe out, I'm breathing all the negative energy. And right? when you breathe in, are you saying, like, okay, this is all positive shit coming in? So, like, how do you, like, so I, so I visualize, how do you know so, it? Yeah, so I'll tell you what to do. You visualize as if air was, like, uh, clouds. 
and you just visualize the air in your nose, out your nose. Because when and you're thinking of one thing, you can't think of another thing. Right. But so the air coming in, is that like white and the thing coming out, is that black? Yeah. Or like, oh, well, mine was white both ways, but you can do black. That's cool. Yeah, you can like, do that. Because how do we, because how do I know that it's like negative coming or how do I, or like, I'm also thinking like pluses or minuses. Like, then, okay, plus then I would, then do, do plus and minus. <laughs> yeah, comes but, out. yeah okay. that's smart. I like okay. that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to think about it. But if you do it enough, what's going to happen? And you have to like breathe, like breathe in for 10 minutes. Oh, sorry, not 10 minutes, 10 seconds. Hold it for like five seconds and breathe out for 10 seconds. Okay. That will actually, your breathing will calm down your um, your your body, your subconscious mind, and your heart rate will go down. And basically, when you do it, when you do it, maybe the first three times you might not feel much, but the f- I promise you, like by the tenth time of you doing it, try like 15, 20 minutes. Um, what happened to me? I was doing it. I, I'll tell you the story. It happened the first time it happened to me. Um, all of a sudden, I forgot that I was in the in the room meditating. So I was like completely lost of like time and like just w- what I was because I was so I was frozen. I was like a rock, all right. And then yeah. it was just like, and then next thing you know, uh, the alarm goes on, and then I open my eyes, and everything felt different. Like when I wake up in the morning, it's like me. Okay, what's next? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. My thoughts were calm. Okay, everything was organized like a bookshelf that was like, like cleanly organized. Ooh. Nothing stressed you out. I can get hit by a car. Not gonna I don't. But yes. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't get stressed because I'm so stress-free from the meditation. And then, and if I had a, and it's cool because sometimes you meditate, you don't know answers to certain things. The answers will come to you. Wow. And so many times it's happened. So that's why I believe in meditation so much. And again, you enter that subconscious mind so that you're not thinking those negative thoughts. And when you do, you can snap out of it right away. And then you can live your best life. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, but but that's that's the main thing. Um, Do you know what? I love your description because I've always heard from all the greats like meditate, 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 and I'm like Jesus Christ! Like I'm such a fast paced person. For me to like, for, when you said 15 minutes, ADD. I was like Jesus yeah. Christ, man, that's a long. Yeah, it's a lot. Like I'm thinking like three to five minutes for like yeah, my yeah, first yeah, time. Yeah. But, like, I've never had anyone describe actually. I'm like, but what do I do? Like, I don't know how the fuck to do it. And, like, your yeah. description is the best I've heard to date. And, like, I actually want yeah. to try it now because I have a clear <laughs> understanding of what to do. And then, yeah. like, the results. Because everyone before was like, oh, you know, you just sit there and focus on your breathing. I'm like, but okay, no, I'm going to focus on my breathing. Yeah, and but, then but think then about what I have to do tomorrow yeah, yeah. and all this shit. And, oh, I should yeah, call yeah. this person back and blah, blah, blah. Like, so that's a really good. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to do it today now. Yeah, I'm yeah, try no, it's it. great. Good. Please let me know how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the other thing is, you're you're probably gonna have times where you're gonna have thoughts while you're doing it. As soon as you have a thought, you should have a reaction of back to your breathing. So so oh. let the thoughts come, stop it, and focus on that visualization again. And then after practice, it's like pretend your brain's a monkey because it's it's always moving around. Mm-hmm. It loves to think. Your brain loves to think. It hates meditation. Mm-hmm. So when after a couple times, it's gonna be like. It takes like, I think um, they say like it takes like 27 days for habit to be grown or something like yeah. that. I forget what it was. But if you do it for like a month, for sure by a month, like you'll be so trained that no thoughts will bother you. You'll go right. back to your breathing. Can I ask you, if a thought comes into your head, do you have like, like I don't know what made me think of this. Have you seen Inception? <laughs> I'm yeah, like yeah, going yeah. all the movies because I know you I like saw movies. Inception when I was hot, like on weed. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and, I, and I was tripping out. Never <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> Never a, yeah. do that. So there's a trip yeah, when yeah. you're completely sober. Yeah, it's so bad. But you know those little like, they all have a little token that will remind them if they're in a dream or not because sometimes oh, they're so right, deep right, that they right. don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, I don't know why I just thought of this, but so when you have a thought, do you almost like picture a token to like, what is the process of getting rid of the thoughts? Okay, so or like, how do you? Yeah, yeah. So do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that makes sense. So every time I have a thought, so there's two ways. I, there's two ways of meditating, right? The first way I meditate 
is I'd focus on the breathing. And then because if I'm if I'm bothered by something, like I have um I have a big decision to make, um that thought will come in randomly or I'll start thinking about that decision while I'm meditating. Yeah. So at this point I'm just closing my eyes breathing and that thought is just thinking I'm just thinking about it. But I'm listening to the the background music, the ambience of the music, and just kind of thinking about that thought. And then after a while, you get bored of that thought. When you get bored, so you just let yourself get. Yeah, tired so this is the first it. way of doing okay. it, right? Um, so you, you let it, you keep thinking about it until it gets. But you go back to your breathing, so you kind of flip, go back and forth. And then at one point, if you do it well enough, an answer goes in instead of a question. It's oh. weird. Yeah, that, that's the best way to describe it. A, an answer goes in. You're like, holy shit, I never thought of it that way. And then you have the answer to what was bothering you. What? And that's why monks are so smart. They do that all the time with, with life questions. Wow. Right? Yeah, there's a guy named Sadhguru, S-A-D-H, Guru. He's on YouTube. I watched all of his stories, but his whole entire life, uh, he's like uh, Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama, yeah. yeah. He's like him, but his whole entire life, he just tried to understand what life meant. And he has the most wow. interesting ways of thinking. So if anyone's interested, you can um, kind of review that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but, yeah, watch YouTube on Sad Guru. But, but the second way is where you just want to relax and meditate and get into the subconscious mind. You don't want answers to anything. You just want to be relaxed, and you just want to. And when you come out of it, you can even get your answers after you're done because you're in the you enter you entered like a different conscious mind for yourself. And so when you're meditating. Let's say you have a thought, that, that thing you said, the coin thing, right? When that thought comes, it's it's fine. Let it come. Um, and you know it's there. As soon as that thought comes, tell your brain. So let's say, I'm going to try to switch this up. Let's say I'm meditating right now. Mm-hmm. I'm breathing. And then I have a thought, what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? Right? Let's just say. That's a so realistic that's a good question, thought right? that <laughs> I would probably think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so... I would ask that question and all of a sudden when I ask that question my subconscious mind's like you're thinking stop thinking you're meditating oh. right now so then I would stop and I would visualize the clouds in, in and out of my nose again okay right so like or, or I want clouds and visualize the air as if it was like physical like air going in and out okay and then you'll probably get into that for like another three minutes and you have a thought again and then don't worry that's fine do the exact same thing again. And then after a while, that thought won't even exist. You'll just be in the meditation where you just calm and all there is is that. And then and then when you open your eyes, everything feels different. Like, Sorry, really quickly, one last question. Yeah. Are you are you visualizing like yourself breathing in and out? Like where, what how, what do I look at? Like so a you, nose so with air going in and anyway. out? Yeah. Okay. So I like to do it um, that I'm visualizing I'm here. And I'm visualizing that the air is going into my lungs. And yeah, as a first person. But you can do it as a third person too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll send you a couple cool like uh, videos that will teach you like how to do a problem. Because when someone taught me like, someone told me like, oh, meditate, just close your eyes and And, breathe. And like think about nothing. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it doesn't work. I'm like, fuck. But like after you do it for a while, just like anything, you get so good at it. Right. You'll be like the calmest person. You make the best decisions. You won't be stressed. And you can feel people that meditate because their energy is so calm. Oh. Like, they talk very calm. I didn't meditate today, so that's why I'm talking so fast. Oh, okay. But when I do meditate, I'm, like, super calm. And, I, and, like, my thoughts are so smooth. And I can just think, like, very, like, easy. Nice. Yeah, so today wasn't a meditating day, but, like, I'll probably do it tonight. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so... That's amazing. I gotta so that's, try it. Yeah, try that. Um, but, sorry, continue. What were you oh, going to no, say? I was saying, 
Uh, no, that's it. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. So before I let you go, I just wanted to ask a little bit. Um, so that's an unbelievable. I like. I love your story. I love everything yeah. about it. And now um, you're like you've obviously done uh, Toronto Fashion Week, and yeah. like you've done. And now, like, how many uh, stores do you have your okay. clothes in? So we had our store. We had about three hundred retailers. Oh wow! Around the world. So Amazing. we had Asia, Europe, uh, Canada, U.S. But recently, we just cut one hundred fifty retailers. Uh, I'll tell you why. Okay. So, yeah. um, as you know, Amazon is very powerful right now. Their yes. online business is very strong for them. Um, what we found is that we we're doing seasonal business. So we had like we had one collection for fall, one for winter, one for spring, one for summer. So four collections, and we make like eighty pieces per stop for per season. Okay. Um, people get bored online. Stores get it because they like it. But the problem is, I focus on the whole twenty eighty rule. So what I mean by that is, twenty percent of your Income is 20% of your income is coming from something and 80% of your problems is, um, I'm not sure I'm saying it right, but 80% of your problems you're focused on is making you lose money. Mm. So you have to think about what's what's the 20% that is making you the most money right now, 80% that's making you lose money. Okay. And so for us, it was retailers. They weren't paying on time. Oh. We had to chase them and we gave them great product. But sometimes if they move it slow, they, they would wait like, oh, I'll pay you next week. Or I just got robbed. I need another month. Oh, my or, God. Or they won't pick up their phone. And that is a full employee on its own. Just do collections. Yeah, totally. And so when you deal with 300 stores, that's a lot of work. So basically, um, you know, w- right now, you know, we're, we're doing um, sales on a wholesale basis and online. And wholesale was about 60, 70% more sales for us than online. And just recently this year, uh, we changed our whole strategy up. We're like, okay, let's focus on online business where you can actually uh, talk to consumers directly. You can showcase how you want it directly because you don't know what the retailer is saying to the customer. You don't mm-hmm. know how they're selling it. You know if they're giving the attitude, if they're selling it right. But as an, as an online consumer, they go on your website, they have an experience. That's why our website, we focus a lot of energy on it because when you go on each product, there's a video of him walking into the screen. Oh, right? so that's different. I love that. Yeah, as a consumer, so, yeah. I love seeing that. Um, and then, you know, we do follow-up emails to make sure that um, do they get a tracking number. Uh, if there's if they're on the newsletter, they get VIP where they get access earlier. But moving away from wholesale, we don't have to rush to get certain um, deadlines met. Because when you do wholesale, you have to meet certain deadlines. And then cash flow gets tightened up. Because right. people that are getting into fashion, when you get into wholesale... The way fashion works is, let's say you invested 500k into a collection, right? When you give them, when you invest in that, the the the, reta- the retailers, let's say, pay you 800k, for example, or or a million, for example, and so let's say you make double your profit, but then the next collection costs 800 or 900k, mm-hmm. so you take all that money back out, and so there's stages in your company where you have like a thousand dollars in your bank account, right? So you have to have a really good finance manager. Shout out to Dylan, <laughs> who, um, who actually can manage your cash flow so that you can pay your employees. You have enough for the next drop. You have a, you have a rainy day fund, right? Um, in case anything happens. And so, management of cash is so important for fashion because it's going in and out, right? And most of the time, you're selling a collection to make the money to make the next collection. Mm-hmm. So each collection has to be so perfect. That's why fashion is so hard. One mm-hmm. collection fucks up. Go find another loan and go make some more. Yeah. Make sure this collection is good. And trends change. Right. Right. And there's so much competition. So you really have to understand the game, like like how it works. Finance. Fashion for me, it's like, first I was a creative, but I'll tell you right now, like being in fashion, 
it's more of a business than fashion than creative. Yeah. Like creative is fun and all, but like, the, like and it's like isn't it like ten percent of what you actually do? Yeah. Or most like, of the time I'm doing business than the creative. I'll yeah. spend like maybe a week on creative, but like that's why it's important to have like a good team that gets the creative and business side. But but like when I started like as an entrepreneur for any one that wants tips, it's a lot of people focus too much on the creative, which is important because that gets your name out there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're gonna shut down a year or two for sure yeah. if, you're, if you don't know what you're doing the business, business side. And I didn't know because I learned everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to school for it. Um, I feel like even if you do go to school for things, though, you still don't learn anything until you're actually doing it. Yeah. Or like working for someone that that is doing it, right. or a small company, and you learn it from them, right? Exactly. Um, but but basically, like what I was saying is that you know we cut down. So now every month we have new collections. Oh. So not every season. And every month we drop 15. So it's a very fast way of doing fashion because people get bored very quickly. Yes. Right. So if I do it this way, I can produce trendy stuff on time. Uh, new stuff every season. If we sell out, we sell out. We make new stuff. Um, so it's a very exclusive brand. Oh, um, I like we're that. more focused on denim too. Uh, like it's like footwear and denim is our biggest seller. We looked at our product SKUs, what sells the most, what doesn't, and denim was interesting. The yeah. Yeah, and I have to ask you. Tell me about like the Steph Curry and Shawn Mendes interactions. Like, how did you get your stuff on them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was crazy because with Steph Curry, um, there was a stylist that helped like maybe two, three years ago, she was dressing up uh, Division, the R&B singer. Oh, okay. And I think, and he was he was building up like his career and like, um, I wanted to help people from Toronto. Gave her some clothes three years later, which is today, like this year. Uh, she hit me up, I was like, hey, guess what? I'm styling Steph Curry now. Do you want him to wear your stuff? I'm like, yeah, it'd be great. And Send you're like, sure. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then um, we just got a new stuff on Ariana Grande, I think that's her name, her new music video. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So oh, had, my God. Yeah, so we had a bunch of, so same vibe, like, um, I help other people. Who are, it was those two other guys in the... the two guys, yeah. yeah what are the their singers, names again? I forget. Oh, yeah, my God, no, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I, yeah. I totally forgot about yeah. that. And it's then amazing. with uh, Young Thug and Gunna. Nice. Those are good rappers. Um, for me, like, I literally went on Google, search up all the best stylists in LA, DM them with a good, like, um, message, and then he's like, okay, send me some stuff. And then that's how I got it. Amazing. It's so, it's, like, yeah. everything's on the internet. There's no excuse saying, I don't have enough money or I don't, I don't like, have the contacts. Literally, you can build all that. Yeah. Like, I started this company with 500 bucks. That's true. That's, like, like unbelievable. Fi- like, it was an ad on Kijiji. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, so, and I Steve. make it sound really, yeah, and Steve, <laughs> for sure, for sure, Steve. But, like, it sounds easy, but obviously, it's a lot of work. And just when you do what you do, like, whatever thing you're chasing, just know why you're doing it. For me at the time, um, it was doing it for my mom. Uh, and, and, and no, sorry, at the time it was to prove to myself, because I had no confidence back then, to prove to myself that I was worth more. And right. it was funny because back when I was saying with Steve, is Steve actually said to me, before you're 30, your company's gonna be worth millions of dollars. And I was like, no, it's not. You're talking shit, I don't believe you. And like, just like maybe three years ago, we like surpassed like our first, two mil so come yeah, on yeah. that's amazing yeah Congrats. so so like so basically like now we're just like and you turned 30 this year yeah this year yeah, yeah so 89 but but basically like for me like the main thing was um i i just wanted to uh say like for the brand we are moving towards like more of a denim brand now so okay. we need to do everything but now we're more focused on denim because we saw what people want and everyone wants our denim yeah and that's always sold out if you go on our website right now 50% sold out denim. Interesting. Because our denim has stretch and we have a custom fabric no one else has. Oh. And if you have any like guy friends or, or dads or whatever that wants jeans, get let them try the collar jeans 
and you'll see the difference compared to other jeans. And I'm not boosting it because it's my my brand. Yeah. But um, I was very picky buying jeans. I bought like Zane Robe, Subi, um, you know, well, and it's ir- ironic too that that was the the new were the first thing that sort of caught right? your eye. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. I never thought about that. Um, and even like when I moved to Canada, my mom was actually when she was her first job was a seamstress in the basement oh. so she could take care of us while she was sewing working and, and then end up being I become a fashion designer that's which is weird, crazy right? yeah um, but yeah the main thing is uh, we're more of a denim brand um, we're selling 150 retailers now not 300 because we took the stores that are willing to pay up front a lot oh, of stores okay, want net 30 net 60 so it right. takes 36 days to pay and it was just too much tying up too much cash so now it's like if you want it we're kind of making them. We're kind of making the shots now. When you start, you kind of have to give them the, the yeah. shots. Now we're at a level where we can make the shots. But okay, if you don't pay us up front, you're not getting it. That's it. Yeah. And if they say no, we'll, we'll actually say no to the business. Yeah. It's and like, we're more sorry. focused on the online business because our customer fan base are like so loyal and so amazing that like I'm so super grateful for them because without them, I would not have a business. Mm-hmm. So they're super supportive. Um, they always tag us when they wear collar. Um, so, you know, I have really good fan base. So I'm really happy to have those guys. And, and those are the guys that really, um, continue making, you know, allowing us to make more clothing each year yeah. uh, through the website. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your story. I absolutely loved every minute of it. Um, really quickly before we go, I just want you to tell, uh, everybody listening about your uh, favorite footwear, your shoes that you wore here today. Why did you wear them? Okay. Well, I had to promote my own brand. Of course, of course. <laughs> so I'm wearing my combat boots that are out now. It's Collar Clothing. Okay. Um, but if it wasn't my brand, uh, do you want to know what's another favorite boot that's not my brand? Sure. No, but you could. We, okay, we yeah. So we can photograph talk about this. these. So like, go yeah. for it. So and these plug are cool. your brand. Like, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. Do it. So this is not a lot of people have made shoes with um, Nubuck, like a boot. So this whole boot is made of Nubuck with a hint of leather. And you have your zipper on the side, and the bottom's made of a crepe. And on the back, you have oh. an imprint logo of collar, which is pretty unique. And I made the laces extra long, and they're matte, and so you can wrap them around the shoe, so it gives it Which a looks cool nice, look. yeah. yeah. Um, and the shoes are very exclusive. We're not going to make any more once they sell out. I think we'll have a couple pairs left. But, um, you know, again, we're trying to be more of an exclusive denim and footwear brand. So these are nice. the shoes I'm wearing. Beautiful. And um, were these like one of the first, like why combat boots? Do you just like them? Um, so I never wore these out yet. These are my first time wearing it. Oh. So I thought, so I like them because these took three years to make. Holy shit. Because we kept changing the cut. It was too too tall, too short. wasn't round enough. wasn't slick enough. So that's why it's my favorite because it takes so much time to build it. Nice, which is like yeah. your life and company almost yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, in a way. I love it. Um, okay, everybody, that is it for this episode. Uh, you can follow David on his personal Instagram at David Collar. So it's D-A-V-I-D-K-O-L-L-A-R. And then the company is at Collar Clothing. And there's no underscores, no uh, periods. Um, you guys can also follow the podcast at Coming Up In My Sneakers. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could please give uh, me a five-star review, only if you liked it, um, I would be very, very appreciative of that if you guys enjoyed. Um, otherwise, that's it. I will uh, talk to you guys next week and do not get caught wearing dirty sneakers. Bye.